and welcome to the 11th episode of the Locals Only Bruh podcast brought to you by Sound of Hope Recordings, where you bring the music, we bring the hope. Today we have a repeat offender guest, Mr. Zachary Sullivan, one of the coolest, funniest guys on this planet and super talented. Bro, that intro is so, like, grand and it has absolutely nothing to do with me. Nah, man, what's going on? How you doing, dude? Uh, I'm doing, I'm doing a lot better. So last time, I don't remember, but last time, was it like a happy podcast or like a sad one? I can't remember. I want to say it was like a mixture of both. I think it was a mixture of both because like we were like bonding over certain music and then we were getting sad over certain events. Yeah. And I think the big thing, so like a lot of stuff has changed in literally a short amount of time. So stuff from like me completely moving cities to uh, me, uh, you know, just kind of getting uh, back on our feet. Our whole family kind of did financially. Um, We are better friends now. So when we first did the podcast, I didn't really know who you were. You didn't really know who I were. Now we're like really good friends. So this 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 episode should definitely be a lot more positive because there's a lot more positive things to talk about. Definitely, dude. Like I'm I'm honestly so excited for this episode. And then one I think I'd let you know way back when, but your episode was the most viewed and clicked on on my website. Dude, that is crazy. That really is crazy, honestly. I think it was somewhere around like 300 clicks or something. Daggum. That's that's awesome that enough people, I don't know, cared about both, cared about the podcast and then cared about what I had to say about, you know, my own experiences in my own uh, life. So that's cool. Uh, but yeah, dude, a, a ton has changed. So um, I used to live in a very, very small town in Mississippi. Uh I think I don't even know if the population was over 5,000. I don't even know. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And I think, okay, so we just got a new mayor, and the mayor used to be a, the football coach. That just goes to show, like, how small our little town is. Like, the, the, basically, anybody, only people anybody knows are like faculty at school and stuff, which is, I mean, fine. But uh, yeah, now I live in Corpus Christi, Texas, which is probably 300 times the size of. Loosedale, you know, this is a city that has 300, 400,000 people in it, you know, and I'm used to living in the country where you don't have neighbors. And now I'm living in an apartment complex, you know, so it's just a lot has changed. Um, I've definitely grown from that, from this experience, um, you know, having to be so close to other people. I'm not used to that. I'm not used to really having like every time I walk out my door, there's a neighbor standing right there and he's talking to me and then all kinds of other stuff. It's it's. It's definitely been, to me, awesome because I'm a very social person. I like to talk, obviously. So um, it's nice that there are people, you know, here that, you know, are so friendly and stuff. And honestly, dude, the entire environment has changed in terms of it's just you don't realize how much negativity is around you until you find a way away from it. As soon as you get away from it. And you're like, I didn't realize how much that place was or that situation was bringing me down. And that little town was bringing me down, you know. It's definitely a dream killer. Uh, and, but then when you come here and, you know, I'm not used to living five minutes away from a venue or, you know, two minutes away from somebody that I, that plays music that's similar to me. You see what I'm saying? So it's, 
you know? Yeah, like, that's a huge, like, culture shock kind of thing because how you were saying, I mean, your neighbors were probably, what, your closest neighbors were a couple miles away from you guys? No, it's a, it's a little bit closer than that. We had neighbors that were, like, riding up against to us, but we had eight acres. So it was like... Oh, wow, that's a lot of land, Yeah, dude. so, and it's... And land in Mississippi is so cheap. So you can have... I mean, I had friends that had... I had an uncle that had over 200. Ooh. So, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's not, it wasn't uncommon uh, for us to have a lot of land. So, And now we've got, you know, we're talking square footage because we're living in an apartment. And I'm sharing a bedroom with a sister, and it's just a lot of stuff has changed. Uh, so, but it's, like I said, it's been a very positive change, very, very big change, and very um, much learning how to deal with responsibility and that, okay, you know, I've come out here to come to, to, come to a better school Again, in a better environment, I feel like I can grow here. I feel like I can make something out of my life instead of kind of being stuck in a rut in my other, in you know, my hometown essentially. Um, but yeah, dude, it, it's definitely it's definitely been a positive experience to move out here. So I'm very excited, and I've only been here for two months, and I've already said that you know I I don't regret basically anything that happened to get me to this point because if any one of those things changed i might not be here so i'm so so happy to be here yeah dude i mean like you said we didn't know each other too well before our first episode and then we started talking more and more and became really good friends and this whole process of when you were moving i could tell that you were getting happier and happier and now you're doing so many awesome projects. You're working on so many cool things. Like, I'm really happy for you. Yeah, dude, I, I really appreciate it. And that just, and I think that's just kind of like a, um, a lesson to be learned. That really hard times, they, everyone has hard times. And everyone believes that hard times never go away. And that there's never a time that their life is positive or their life is something that they actually look forward to, you know, the future. But I promise at some point it does get better, even if for like a second, even for a day, a week or even. Um, as long as you look forward to that experience and go, hey, at some point it's going to get better and then just make the most out of those better opportunities, then everything should be OK. Again, like I said, I mean, we we we're definitely in a bad place for probably, I would say six, seven years, you know, and that's be going through high school, even into college. And so things are a lot better now. So again, you know, and I've, it almost felt like my whole life had been that way, but in reality, it really wasn't. It just, it was just for a good chunk of time. It just was, it just wasn't a good time. But now of course things are getting better slowly. You know, there's, we, we're still having, um, you know, life still happens. You know, there's definitely some, still some bad times, but most of it's been positive, And I, again, wouldn't trade anything for it, it knowing that it got me to this point. Um, but yeah, uh, so I just put out a new song uh, from The Will to Grow. Yes, you did. Yeah. And uh, so the last time that I was on the episode, I had released Inertia. And then I think maybe three weeks later, I released Desolation. And I, um, Inertia got a pretty good response. It got the most response out of any song I'd ever released. Uh, and then Desolation, I released it and pushed it kind of hard, and nothing really happened for me. And I kind of started, okay, so I'm very much a reflective person. So what went wrong with this situation? You know, what went wrong? 
why did this one not take off like the other one? And, you know, I got to listening to it, listening to it, listening to it. And um, just, you know, going back to the minute things to how the guitar sounded, how the drums sounded, you know, what is it about this song that just didn't take off? And I just, I don't know, I just kind of had a awakening and realized that it wasn't the song in particular. It was the style that I was trying to force myself to do. Um, you know, I love metalcore. That's still my favorite genre, uh, you know. I'm probably going to see Darkness Divided in a week and a half. They're a huge metalcore band. You know, I love those guys. Uh, so that, you know, I still love metalcore. But in terms of instrumentally and in terms of um, kind of the music that I want to create, it just wasn't working for me anymore. I kind of hit rock bottom, hit run out of ideas, didn't know what to do. Um also, part of it was I'd gotten better at making my own music. It's still not 100% what I want, but I am getting better at it. Um, so you can kind of, out of my whole catalog, you can kind of see how much better I've gotten and I'm still continuing to get. Uh, Dude, I think you're honestly one of the best songwriters that I personally know. Like, seriously, The Will to Grow, I download your stuff and I just jam it. Dude, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, I, You know, that's that was crazy for me to hear. And... Uh, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people, like even in the music industry or just like friends, family, whatnot. And I was kind of like, you know, I've had the wrong idea on what I'm supposed to be doing with my music, you know. And I don't know, kind of just seeing how other bands put out material and how it might not be exactly what I want, you know, from that band. It might not be exactly what I'm listening to, but hear their confidence in themselves to go, we put out what we're proud of you know we put out what we wanted our what we wanted to listen to and I, that's not what i was doing i was putting out stuff that i thought others wanted me to listen to and i said you know what i'm not doing that anymore i'm gonna put out what i want to listen to and um i would definitely say that um colony was the first time i ever wrote a song above my playing capabilities definitely above something that i don't think i was like okay i just wrote something really difficult how am I going to play this? And it was practice. I had to learn my own song. And I think that um, for me, that is what I need to continue doing. I need to keep pushing the boundaries because I had put myself in a little creativity box. You know, I can only do this. This is the only things that I can do. And when in reality, you can do whatever you want to in terms of making music. Yeah. Like I think so many people get stuck in that box too. Like it's, I don't know, personally for me, I'll put myself in that box when I'm writing something. Like, if I think of, okay, this is a cool riff, what can I go into it with? All of a sudden, I just think of a chugging 16th note pattern, like, one and a two and a three, and I'm like, that's my box there, where every time I run out of an idea, it's, let's go back to this rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, I do the same thing, dude. Uh, I think a friend of mine brought up that in every one of my songs, I have a... Um, harmonizing lead at least in one part huh. and they're like and they were like go back and listen and i listened and i'm like you know you're right i do and and i don't know i, I don't necessarily think of that as a bad thing i mean i really like you know that kind of stuff but at the same time it's like it seems like when i run out of ideas or run out of creativity i just go let's just do this that'll sound cool and at some point yeah it's like hey it's always worked for me before why won't it work now right yeah yeah you know even trying to force it 
into a spot just to go, okay, this is kind of like my trademark. You know, this is what I do. Yeah. And, you know, and there's some bands, of course, you could argue that they need to stay in their little box, their creativity box. You can stray too far from what you're supposed to do. Um, you know, I think I think the suicide silence thing, you you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that is definitely, yeah, that's definitely one of those things that, they can go outside of their box. They can do something abnormal from them, but not polar opposite. Let's not go yeah. in the complete opposite direction we've gone for shits and giggles. Let's do something that you know is somewhat – I mean I don't remember who it was. It might have been Rockfeed that posted it. I'm not sure, but basically that said that they were thinking about continuing in direction. If you have to think about it, that kind of shows you that, yeah, it's not the right direction. You know, um, but yeah, so the will to grow has really <laughs> grown. Um, <laughs> and I see what and you did there, buddy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm very, very happy. Like I, I told you yesterday in kind of our talking back and forth when we were discussing the podcast that uh, I was almost done with it. Um, I was almost done, and what I didn't tell you was that I had a whole EP written before that and completely threw it away. Because I think you did. I think you told me that you were like what you told me about that previous one was, "Hey, I'm working on an EP." Yeah. But you never showed me anything after that. I was like, oh, I guess he's still writing. Yeah. Well, I I had I think I got four songs out of it, and I was like, these are the best four songs I can write. Sat on it for about a week, come back and listen to it, and hated it. Yep. Not hated it in the terms of um, like it was foul and I just completely destroyed my laptop trying to get that crap off of there. <laughs> um, but, but I was disappointed. I was disappointed in myself because I was like, this is not good enough and I should have known that. I got you. And I'm not – that sounds really pretentious. Like I deserve – but you should. You should deserve the best out of yourself. And if you don't give your best, then it should be a disappointment when you don't. Now, there are times in life where you can't do your best and you can only do as good as you can do. But when I have sole control over the creativity of this project, you know, what it sounds like, what it doesn't sound like, when it gets released, when it doesn't get released, and I was disappointed and I am in control, then it's like, okay, I made a mistake. Let's get rid of this and let's free work what exactly the will to grow is. You know, what do I want it to be? Is it something that, you know, you know, I can see myself in three months going, wow, I'm still really proud of this because I couldn't really say that for a lot of them. No, I really am proud of Inertia. That is one of the songs that I was like, okay, I was getting close to what I was trying to do. But, I dude, I love that song so much. I just, like, I remember I asked you, like, hey, can I do vocals over this? And, like, I keep reading through the lyrics and stuff and I keep tracking over it. And I'm like, I keep deleting it because I feel like I'm ruining your song. No, I, like, it's just so good. I, I, I mean, I, I appreciate that you like the song, but also at the same time, it is an instrumental song. There is obviously an element missing from what considers everyone considers to be a song. Um, you know, and I wish I was in a situation where I could record my own vocals. I'm not. Again, I live in an apartment. It's not sound. Yeah, that would. Yeah, you, you might upset your neighbors after a while. Yeah, exactly. So it's, um, and I'm not quite confident in my vocal ability yet. So, um, I mean, at some point, I won't be in an apartment. I'll be in a place of my own where I can do that kind of stuff. 
Um, but honestly, I, I just see the will to grow as an instrumental project. Now you can take a swing at those vocals, and you might surprise you might surprise the hell out of me. And I go, now this song is at a different strata. Now it's up there. Now it's like, okay, now this is the song. What I thought was a song isn't. Now it is. Um, but that's like I was talking to a friend of mine, and they were like, why is the guitar so loud in your song? Um, which I well because that's the highlight yeah, of it. Yeah, and that's and I, I like have to that's bring it. that's like what the vocals should be is that guitar part. Yeah, so I brought it. I've been slowly bringing down the guitars a little bit just because you know when you learn how to mix and master your own stuff, you realize that you drown the shit out of the drums most of the time. And I'm still and I'm still eh about it, but at the same time, when I listen to it, I go, I can hear everything. I can hear the drums if I sit and listen. I can hear them. I can hear the guitars. I can hear even the bass now. You know, I used, yeah. Um, so I was very, uh, I'm very, very proud of this music. And again, I am so close to being done. Um, I'm tracking out the last song now. It's pretty much tracked out. But to me, the song still feels a little empty. So I might go back and add some effects and some, um, you know, maybe even some string parts. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. It depends on how I vibe out the song. But right now, again, I'm 98% done with the EP, and this is going to be something that I probably know. I'm 100% sure I'm going to release, um, you know, and I will make sure that this one is on, you know, iTunes, uh, Spotify, all of the big major streaming um, websites, and available to purchase, all that kind of stuff. Um, right now, I just have Colony on Bandcamp. Uh, just because right now, I think that just to kind of showcase, hey, here's a single. Tell me what you think. Now, I haven't gotten too much response now to really say, but I have definitely been told that they like the new direction, that the new direction is something that they're like, OK, we're 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 interested now. You know, we, we liked it before. Now we're interested in what you're going to do when you release your stuff. And there will be like playthrough videos and I'll make sure all of that stuff, just like I did with Inertia, I'll make sure all of that stuff is complete. I might even try to play shows. I, I'm still thinking about it. I don't have anybody else, so it would literally just be me up on stage. And so I don't know how I feel about that. Um, you know, the fact that I am the, you're like the sole energy and like the main focus there. That would that would be honestly terrifying, dude. <laughs> yeah, like I'm I'm not really stage. A stage fright kind of person but at the same time i just don't know how the crowd would react to the fact that only a homeboy up here with a guitar is playing and there's no drummer you know there's no bass player you know it's hard enough to be a you know a touring instrumental act you know you know hard and by definitely especially like if you're going to do it solo because at least if it's an instrumental band you can still feed off of yeah. the band instead of the crowd if the crowd's having an off yeah. night but if it's just you and the crowd's not feeling it, that's all you have to feed off of. Yeah. So that's that's why I'm still wondering, you know, still thinking about it. I have been in contact with a few people while playing music. Nothing really solid so far, but definitely some uh, some conversations uh, have been had, and we'll see. Um, right now, I'm not really in the position to quote unquote be in a band band, you know, where. There's practices and, you know, there's gigs and merch and all that kind of stuff you have to worry about. Um, but there's talks of a band forming, right? Yeah, yeah. There's okay. talks of music possibly being made. So 
we'll we will see. I don't want to really say anything because usually when I do that, I jinx it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, because I brought up, I, I might have brought up in the last podcast that I was kind of in a project that was that wasn't being taken too seriously, and then I moved. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're in in all fairness, you're planning the move before the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we had uh there was discussion of the move happening. Uh honestly, I thought it was unattainable, you know, at this at the situation. I didn't know if I was going to be able to transfer schools and stuff. And then I realized, holy crap, it's How easy. terrible was that? Like just a quick thing away from music. How bad was transferring all your credits across the country? Um the hardest part, honestly, was waiting for the uh, acceptance letter because it took forever. Okay, so we had set up and planned, you know, purchased the moving truck, um, went ahead, and a lot of the stuff that we had in our old house we gave to charity. This uh, kind of a charity that had helped us in the past, uh, so we felt we would give back to them by donating some of the stuff that we weren't going to use. I mean, we had appliances and stuff. This place pretty much came appliance already, so we were like, you know yeah. what, we're going to get that. So we had already set all that stuff up. So if it fell through, what, what was I going to do? You know, I didn't have a, yeah, a refrigerator. Yeah, you wouldn't have had anything, dude. Yeah, so we started doing that at the beginning to middle of March, and, like, the end of April is when I got my acceptance letter, and we left May the 11th. So literally like two weeks before we moved, and I literally – I never, ever, ever get emotional in terms of like in public ever. Like yeah. uh, I don't know. There's just something about it that I just don't do, um, and I got the acceptance letter and literally cried in class. And everyone was like, whoa, quiet kid over here just started crying. And I was in my one of my computer classes, and uh, it was just like a computer class that I had to take. Which was yeah. so easy, by the way. I mean, considering that we, you know, record music and stuff, we know a lot of shortcuts. Yeah, we we know how to troubleshoot our own equipment by now. <laughs> yeah. So he he was like, "What is up?" And I was like, "I have been waiting for this acceptance letter for over a month, and it finally I finally got it." And I was like, "I can't believe it! I'm freaking moving! I'm moving, you know, across the country to, not really completely across the country, but ten hours away." You know, a full days away, yeah. and everyone was like stoked for me, like, "Oh, it's so awesome!" And I was like, "Yeah, why are you celebrating with me? It's kind of weird." But I think it's just because, like, I don't know. I felt that way when other people have been waiting on something for a long time, and then it finally, you know, they get their break, they finally get the thing they've been needing, and you're just you're just happy for them. So I think that might have been because I had brought it up a few times, uh, but yeah, it was kind of stressful. I mean, there were some classes that I had to work on in terms of trying to make sure both universities got it. Yeah, to make sure like that class is actually going to transfer towards that your degree. Yeah, but honestly, what was the craziest was when I moved from community college in Mississippi to a university, I had less classes transferred than when I moved from Mississippi to Texas. Okay, so here's a quick little tangent about... UNM, the University of New Mexico. So they have their own community college down in Valencia County, which is just called UNMVC. And there's another community college up in Albuquerque that I went to called CNM. And more credits transfer from CNM than the actual university's community college to the main university. <laughs> that makes sense because it's because it's stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, some- like. It's so just, stupid. 
Yeah, and I didn't. I mean, this was Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, which is like a top five community college in the country. Like they have always, they have like a ninety eight percent success rate. It's and it's not like a easy university, so it's like really, really good. And then I went from that to the University of Southern Mississippi, which is a Division One school. And a bunch of classes in transfer. And then I moved from there to Texas A&M Corpus Christi, which is a Division three school. And wow. my classes, almost all of my classes transferred. So it just it's, – it's so weird. Uh, but, yeah, dude, it's so, it's so nice to be able to talk about good things, you know, good things that are happening in life. Yeah, dude, I'm, honestly, man, I am so happy for you. Like, I am truly, from the bottom of my heart, happy for you. Uh, um, I'm – I'm happy for myself, but I appreciate that uh, other people, especially you, dude, that uh, have given me some uh, some support in terms of not only just like music support where you support what I do with The Will to Grow, but also like life support. Like you really do support anything I do. Like I just started doing uh, video game streaming and you're supporting that too. So it's like anything I venture out and do, I could be a freaking – realtor tomorrow and you'd buy a house from me just to show you support it just to show you support me i really Dude, you know it. you know it i mean honestly anyone who comes on this podcast even if even if i don't talk to them every single day i will still support anything that they do because they took the time out of their their day to come on to something that i love and that i built up yeah um and you really have worked on this podcast a lot dude you're always talking about working on the podcast and you always work hard and do you know the little things uh you know go over it with a fine tooth comb all of that stuff when it's something that matters when it matters to you even if it's something that nobody in the world would notice and you notice it and you still work with work on that then obviously it matters to you and it's something that's important and you love it and in my opinion you should continue doing continue doing it man thank you man real quick before we continue so like Zach was saying, he is doing live streaming. He is on Mixer, Mixer and his username is Legs Like Jesus 68. Legs Like Jesus 68. Um, what times do you usually stream on Mixer? Uh, so I haven't streamed in I think a day or two, but usually I try to do it with two. Uh, which let me do it Eastern time. So it'd be 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which would be, what, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So that was like, that's like the American, like, time frame, uh, you know, between 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 12 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. I'm in Central, so it's 2 p.m. for me, and I think you're in Mountain Time, right? So yeah, I'm in Mountain Time, so it'd be like, what, 10 for me? That'd be 1 p.m. for you, since you're one, one okay. hour by hour. You're one hour behind me. There we go. I'm very close to Mountain Time. Uh, you know, I'm probably maybe a two hours drive from where Mountain Time actually begins. So I'm on the verge. Like, right, like, when I lived in Mississippi at 8 p.m., um, you know, after daylight, during daylight savings time, I should say, um, it was dark. It's 8 p.m. here and the sun's still up. So it's freaking <laughs> me out. It's freaking me out. So, like, I'm so on the verge that it's weird stuff happens. Dude, no, that's it how it is in New Mexico. Like, the sun barely, like, it's barely setting now at 8.49 our time. Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, it's almost 10 here. So the moon's out, it's dark. 
I mean, as you can see, there's not a lot of light in here. I could probably turn this light on. It might help. Oh, God. That oh, God, no. Turn that back much off. Worse. Yeah, that's so much worse. Uh, but, yeah. So, on top of the... um, So, we can talk about the video game thing. Because real there's quick, a, before we do actually, jump into it, I want to shout out your other username on Twitch real quick before we go full-fledged yeah. into it. So, if you want to find Zach streaming on Twitch, his name on there is just legs like jesus um so compared to the mixer one you just drop the 68 and you find him um what what times do you usually go on twitch at um that one i use a lot less than mixer and that's kind of like part of the the discussion on it's something i don't stream on twitch it's just that um when i do it's very you know random times uh yeah if you follow me though if you go on there and follow me you'll get emailed and notified when I go live. So that's an easy tool. You just make sure you you know keep up with your emails. And that way, if you follow me on either platform, you get notified when I go live. And then all you have to do is click on that email. It'll send you right to me. It's really cool. It's really cool how the notification system on those live streams. Actually, platforms. I haven't noticed that. Maybe the, maybe the emails go to my spam or something because yeah, I know I'm subscribed to you. Yeah, because you usually, I mean, you usually jump on if you can, but uh, yeah. But yeah, so it the just always sucks because like by the time you get on, I'm leaving work and I have like a thirty minute drive home. So I'm like, I hope he's still on by yeah. the time I get home. Well, yeah, that's something I'm learning to do too. Um, when I first started streaming, so I made all the wrong mistakes when I first started streaming. Like just like with music, just like anything you first start off, you make all the wrong mistakes. Yeah, of course. Uh, so there's like the one mistakes that you can make that are, I would consider the right mistakes. So just stuff you don't know. But like for me, I would live stream maybe 30 minutes to an hour. That would be it. Um, the more I watch streamers, though, the more I realize they stream for – They stream like five, all day, dude. Yeah, five to eight hours a day. And I'm like, holy shit. I don't have that much time to sit down and stream, you know? Because, I mean, like I said, I do music too, you know? And I have a life, you know, I might have to cook. Or go to the grocery store, or yeah. you know anything else. So, and, you know, so it's really hard for me to just sit down and play. Vi I wish I could play video games for that long. That'd be fucking awesome, but I just I can't. Uh, so, basically, when I first started streaming, I started on Twitch. Um, Twitch is really the number one streaming platform. I mean, every video gamer that's anybody streams on Twitch. Um, but what I found was the problem with me is that it's so oversaturated these days. There's so many people streaming. And when you have that many people streaming, you, you have less of the cracks. Yeah. You know, um, you either have 8,000 to 10,000 people watching you or zero. That's literally how it goes because you're either really, you know, really famous up there. You know, you're getting all the views. You're playing the most popular games. A lot of that type stuff, too, is just luck. You know, find the game that's go getting the most hype and play it. Make sure you're the first to play it. Make sure you have good, you know, um, which content. what do you think would be harder to make it in in streaming or with the music production that we do? Because I feel like both are really like competitive markets, but I feel like there's a little bit more luck in the streaming world than there is in the music world for us. I would say that in terms of sponsorships definitely live streaming is much easier so with sponsorships 
and live streaming, it really doesn't take much. And I'm not saying that I'm not discrediting any streamer that has ever gotten a sponsorship and say they did not work hard because they obviously did. But in terms of like all these commercial, because when you watch these you know platforms, you get commercials and ads for these gamers and streamers that um, you know have these sponsorships from you know companies like Five Hour Energy or Monster or any anything. Mostly, dude, that's Monster. crazy to think like gamers get. Uh, sponsorships from Monster, like when bands dream of getting sponsorships from Monster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Monster right now is the leading sponsor for fucking NASCAR. So wow. just to kind of, so yeah, the Monster Energy Series is their big series. That's what NASCAR's big sponsor is right now. What? So that's how. So gamers getting st- stuff from Monster is like crazy, and these people, you know, again, so. For a YouTube video, a music YouTube video, to kind of feel like we've gotten somewhere, usually I would say a million marks. So a million, you know, a million plays. Holy crap. You know, let me think of a band. Okay, so I'll talk about the biggest band, the band that's blowing up the most right now that I love the most, which is Wage War. So Wage War, The River, when it went over a million now it's over two million, and I don't know if it's gonna stop. Like it's just com- constantly growing. Their new song, um, Silverstein. Okay, Silverstein put out a song yesterday. Fucking Silverstein. It has less views than Wage War song that was released like six hours after Silverstein's was. I just, so, I think that's just on Silverstein though, because if you notice after discovering the waterfront, they're fan base hasn't grown too much which is yeah, really sad of, to say because i love silverstein with a passion oh i do too i love them i like the new direction too i like that it's a little bit heavier uh yeah, but like it's yeah. more like once they signed rise records they started find kind of like going into that oh no they got signed to rise Records sound but it yeah. works for them yeah which is weird uh, and which, you know, a lot of things with Rise Records, everyone's like, oh, when you go to Rise, you just get lighter. And Silverstein just did a 180, and they got heavier. They got heavier. Yeah, and it's like, whoa, this is crazy. Uh, but, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, with Wage War, you know, over a million views, and you're thinking, wow, this band's really getting somewhere. But with streamers, dude, you might get, I don't know, maybe 50,000 views on a video. Like, And I'm talking about, like, you, they take clips of their streams. They're like big, like highlights. Put them on yeah. YouTube. They'll get fifty thousand to a hundred thousand views, maybe. And that is like, oh my god, sponsorship time. Like that's what I'm saying. So wow. like in terms of sponsorship, I think streaming's a little bit easier. But in terms of overall notoriety, definitely music. Definitely music is harder. I mean easier. Um, because I don't know. I just think. Well, with, it, with music, you can make one wrong step. You're going to be a meme everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I but mean, there's also, the notoriety like, part for you guys. Yeah. Well, also with Twitch streaming and stuff like that, it's just – it's still growing. So it's still not like a very vastly accepted use of entertainment. You know, I, I mean my parents, they'll listen to music all day. But then when I talk about video game streaming, they're just like, I can't understand why anybody would want to watch somebody play a video game instead of play it. Dude, okay, I've gotten that from so many people. I'm like, hey, you should check out my buddy Zach. He's live streaming a game. And, you know, they ask, oh, what game? Well, Fallout 4. Why would I watch someone play that when I can play it myself? 
Exactly. And I'm so, like, I have the game, but I like watching you play it more than I enjoy playing it. But I think it's because it's, of that accent you have going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a southern drawl accent. I can't get rid of it. Save it's my beautiful. Life, but... Keep it till the day you die, please. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I will. Knowing me, I'll be a football coach, you know, so I'll still have to keep it. You have to, have to keep it once you hit that football coach level. Yeah. So, and I understand that. I, I used to think the same exact way. So not discrediting anybody for thinking that. It's so normal. Because for me, it was the same thing. But my sister, and it usually is with younger girls. I know that sounds, you know, but it just is. You know, that market, younger girls really like to watch YouTubers and streamers and stuff like that. Especially when it comes to, like, the They're scary honestly the games. market to hit. They are literally the yeah. market to hit unless you're Austin Jones. Like, stay away from <laughs> them if you're Austin Jones. Yes. But if you're, um, like, if you're a good human being, hit that market hard. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I understand like, you know, these pop punk bands that like cater to the, you know, the younger females and everyone's like, oh, that's so shitty. And I'm just like, no, they just understand how pop punk works. No offense. They just yeah. understand how that works. You know, I love pop punk. I'm not a teenage girl, but I understand that the majority of the faces of the fan base is going to be that. Yeah, you know, that's going to be what your target audience is. I mean, like, for example. You wouldn't try to, you know, I don't know. Now I'm now I'm drawing a blank. Okay, so you wouldn't try to sell somebody a motorcycle that, you know, likes a smart car. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like you gotta understand. You gotta sense. cater to people. Yeah, when they do, like you gotta cater to the people that that's the target market and that's the target audience. Um, I mean, pop music is really targeted towards adolescent people, people in yeah. high school, college. You know, I I see a lot of – I see some adults listening to pop music, obviously, but those are the people that, no offense, act like they're still – you know, they want to be cool, you know, quote-unquote cool. They want to be in with the younger crowd. So, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, you just got to understand your um, – your target audience. Uh, again, it's you wouldn't. I don't know. I, I just think you wouldn't go up to a metalhead and start blaring um, "Florida Georgia Line" and just think that that would be okay. Go up to a metalhead and just start blaring off the latest Taylor Swift album. <laughs> well, you gotta understand though. A lot of people like Tay Tay. But like in my in my defense, if you did it to me, I would love you. I would honestly, I would hug you if you did that to me. Anyone out there, if you're listening, come up and start singing me Taylor Swift, and I will love you. <laughs> um, I've listened to some Taylor Swift. I can dig it. You know, I can dig some pop. I'm not, I'm not a complete elitist, but at the same time, I also know what I like, and I like stuff that's got double bass in it and guitar solos and beautiful singing choruses. That's just me. I love my heavy music. You know, I love it, but. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I love pop music so much dude I like so I listen to metalcore all the time but every day I make sure to listen to either Taylor Swift Katy Perry Kesha or Carly Rae Jepsen I have to make sure I hear those <laughs> at least one time a day so I think I don't know I think for me instead of the pop probably I don't know I wouldn't say listen to new pop I definitely listen to 80s pop if 80s pop is on the radio I'm listening to it Almost over, like, 
rock station because the local rock station is going to play freaking Creed and Five Figure Death Punch. You know, that's what they're going to play. There's this new uh, radio. I don't know how new it is, to be honest. It might be like two years old already. Um, God, now I can't think of what it's called. It's 102.9 or something like that here in Albuquerque. And I'm sorry, I want to give you a shout out, but I don't remember your name. <laughs> but they are so good. Like, they play Data Remember. They play Beartooth. They play Bring Me the Horizon. And, you know, just like the normal dad rock bands, Five Finger Death, yeah. Rocks, yada, yada. But, like, I lost my mind. I turned on the radio one day, and I was hearing Naivety by Data Remember on, on the radio uh, instead of, like, cool. on satellite. Yeah, that's, that is really cool. So... Um, we can actually mold music and video games together because one of my favorite video games right now is uh, an Xbox exclusive video game, Forza Horizon 3. Uh, and on that game, they have an Epitaph Records um, radio station where they only play artists from Epitaph Records. And they have a day to remember, Every Time I Die, um, wow. Rancid. They, they have a bunch of different stuff. And it's like, this is, I can listen to this and fucking jump off a cliff in my car. This is sick, you know? And they also have an uh, option where you can import your Groove Music playlist. So if you have a, a freaking Windows laptop, you know what Groove Music is. It's the annoying thing that pops up instead of Windows Media Player every time you try to listen to a song. So yeah, you can, like, if you have, like, their kind of subscription, they're like, I think it's like 10 bucks a month, which is, you know, for something to listen to your own music that kind of sucks but like in terms of like to play it in a video game like that's so sick that's really cool and you don't have to keep it like on your xbox you can stream it from your computer library that's really cool real yeah. quick before we continue i found out what that radio station is called it is area 102.9 um i don't know if it's just local to albuquerque or if it's streaming like nationwide but it's a really good radio station that plays some metalcore and some dad rock and some really good like hair metal sometimes. Hey, hair metal has some good has that good stuff, dude. You put on a hair metal ballad, and I'll probably know it. Like, dude, that's grew, that's what I grew up on. That's what my you know parents played. They played. I think I grew up like on Rage Against the Machine and Dope. <laughs> oh, dope, dude! Fucking memories dude dope dude, i'm so sad they came love. they came through a few months ago and i wasn't able to go see them and it broke my heart oh dude so okay so of course i'm pretty sure my introduction to dope was a lot of like other people's which was guitar hero 3 so they, they had were on guitar hero yeah they were on guitar hero 3 bro you didn't know what? that no i i found them out through my dad i don't even know how he found them they were they were their good new metal they were like new metalcore before new metalcore got famous. Honestly, like, dude, exactly. They were so melodic for a new metal band, and I remember because nothing for me here was on uh, Guitar Three, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And then my brother, of course, he was in when he was in high school. He would dive deep into stuff like that, so he found. Um, their cover of Rebel Yell, which of course that's like I grew I listened to that song like five million times growing up because I'm from the South. My parents, you know, um, were into eighties music, so that song was obviously very popular in the South. And then to hear a metal version of it and it was so good. And then to hear all kinds of other stuff. They did all their other songs, Devonair, that whole album was good. 
uh, stuff like that. Even some of their older stuff. I can't really remember the name of it. It's been so freaking long since I've listened to them. But yes, dude. So that's weird because you're the only person I've ever talked to besides in my family that knew who Dope was or is. Dude, everyone I, I talk to, like, they make fun of me because I show them who they are and they're like, wow, this, this is original. This is great, Albert. Way to go. And you were like, you don't understand, though. This is like, if it wasn't for bands like that and Limp Wait, Bizkit, you wouldn't have any other bands, to be honest. Yeah, you wouldn't have Attila. You wouldn't have fucking... Uh, what is another huge new metal band right now? Uh, Jesus, I can't think of a single one. Just because, like, I don't know. New metal's kind of coming back. And I so listen to older of... new metal than I do, like, the new new metal kind of stuff. Yeah, so, I like... listen to both. I, I mean, I look, okay, so one of my biggest bands growing up was a new metal band. It was P.O.D., so I loved P.O.D. growing up. Dude, P.O.D. Just... is so good. Yeah, and I got to see them live. So, nice. So it was my first concert that wasn't Three Doors Down. Uh, <laughs> it was P.O.D. And look, I like I like regular radio rock bands, too. I do. Um, so it was P.O.D., Three Days Grace, and Shinedown. Okay? Dude, that's a, like a great huge, lineup. Yeah, I was a huge Shinedown fan, okay? Shinedown is like, no, I don't know how to put it, but the bastard child of radio rock. Because they, they all, if you listen to their albums, they have some heavy ass songs that don't get played. And then they have like the one or two songs that's good for radio. And they play those over and over and over into the dirt. Yeah, like I only know the radio rock songs. Um, that's all I know from them. I've never, like, and I like the radio rock songs. So, I mean, I'm not bashing on them in any way. Yeah. But I haven't heard the full albums, like, start to finish to hear any of that heavier stuff. They have they had some straight up crazy ass. They have some crazy stuff, but of course it it was three days grace and they were supposed to headline, but literally that was the tour where Adam Gontier, the original singer, got kicked out, and so oh they had the replacement. So they had the replacement come in, and I was so upset. I was like, oh my god, I'm so pissed. Okay, um, and then Pod of course come out and played, and they killed it. Pod sounded so good. And then Theodore's Gaze come out, and to my surprise, they sounded good. They did sound good, even with the new singer. He did good. And then when Shinedown came out, of course, Shinedown just tore the place down. They just sounded so good. Uh, but So that was like my – I think I've only been to quote-unquote two heavy shows in my life. And now I'm going to Warp Tour at the end of the month in San Antonio. So Is this your first Warp Tour? Yes, it is my first Warp Tour. All right, tour. dude. Here, here's some pointers from a veteran like myself. <laughs> I need them, dude. I don't want to be caught and be between a rock and a hard place. Okay, so if you have some, if you have big thighs, I mean, I, I, I used to. I do. I do. So I get do. some baby powder. Put them in, before you put on your underwear. Put them in between your thighs so you don't get baby rash. That's step one, because every warp toy I went to when I was like a teenager, I never did that. Always got baby rash. Um, the last few warp tours I went to, I finally started doing it. No baby rash. Hell um, yeah. Make sure to be super hydrated. Um, if you're going to go into any mosh pits and you have your backpack with you, zip tie that thing shut because it'll open and you'll lose all your merch. Damn, that sounds like really, really specific. Yeah, dude, these are like, you can tell I've been hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't pit um, because I'm. To be honest, the main reason I'm going is because I'm taking my little sister. 
Um, oh, okay, cool. So, so I'm basically gonna be the the guy flexing, so nobody hurts my little sister. Yeah, but she's not gonna be anywhere near the pit. To be honest, dude, she's. I mean, she she's really focused on going, and then she's really focused on meeting certain bands. So, her, okay, so here's a band, a new metal band that I totally forgot. One of her favorite bands is Sala. So, Sala's one of those new metal bands yeah. that if it wasn't for Dope and Limp Biscuit and P.O.D., Sala probably wouldn't exist. So, thank you, all those bands, because Sala <laughs> fucking rules. Sala is so good. Um, and I think her favorite band, um, she's her favorite band's I See Stars. So, that's okay. her favorite band. Um, I think her second favorite and the one we're going that she's really excited to see. I'm trying to remember which one it is. Oh my god. Okay, so we're going to see Too Close to Touch because that's mine and her one of mine and her's favorite bands. I love Too Close to Touch. Um, we're basically gonna stay at the right foot stage, which has like our last night, Dance Gavin Dance, um uh let me think, Hands Like Houses. Uh, Dude, so basically I have a funny story about Hands Like, like Houses. I'm not a fan of them, um, but I think it was the Silverstein 10-year anniversary of discovering the waterfront that they were opening yes. up for them. So yeah. me and my buddy, we went together um, just because we were good friends and Silverstein was like our first emo, metalcore-ish, post-hardcore band. And as we were there, Hands oh, Like Houses no. came on and I legit just oh, fell asleep during no. their set. Are you there? Yeah, well, what just happened? I have no idea. I really don't have any idea. Okay. Oh, uh, that's a good. I'm not even going to edit that part out. That's staying in. <laughs> just, all I hear is, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I couldn't hear you at all. It completely just, like, blacked out. Uh, but you were saying, basically, you were saying that you were going for Silverstein, but Hands Like Houses was opening, and you and your buddy went. Yeah, so we both went, and as soon as Hands Like Houses came on, I fell asleep. Like, I straight passed out on my buddy's shoulder. <laughs> Dude, I've never fallen asleep at a concert, but until Hands Like Houses, and they were so boring, I fell asleep. Oh, man, that hurts my heart. I love Hands Like Houses so much. Um, I will say that I'm not as big a fan of their newer stuff as I was, like, unimagined. If you ever want to hear one of the most beautiful albums ever created, listen to Unimagined from start to finish. It's like an emotional roller coaster. It's so good. Um, he's just the way he writes lyrics. It reminds me a lot. He almost writes like progressive metal lyrics on alternative rock because it's like lyrics that you're like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then when you read them, <laughs> you're just like, oh. That's really intricate way of saying you love somebody. Now I hit. Now I'm on the field train. Now I understand. Um, but yeah. So okay. So since we're on the topic of music, and this has pretty much been a hot topic of late. Okay, let me ask you. What is your opinion? I know this is your podcast, and now I'm asking the questions, but it's totally fine. I got hijacked. <laughs> what is your opinion on the Sumerian Records new supergroup with the guy that's singing? What is your opinion on anything, anything, whether it's the sound or the, how he was chosen, any of that? So I still haven't watched the music video. I know it dropped today, but I just I haven't had a chance to actually watch it. So I don't even know who the other members are. I know who the singer is because yeah. I was you told me earlier this yeah. morning. 
Um, yeah. I watched his audition, and I mean, to be honest, I'm not even mad that he used vocal correction stuff on there yeah. because yeah. if you think about it, no one's going to go into a studio and they're going to track their raw vocals, and that raw vocal take isn't going to make it onto the album. Um, it's going to be what's edited. So, I mean, yeah. if he sounds that good with some, t- like, little to major editing or little to none editing, good for him. Because yeah. I was uh, I was impressed by that video, and I'm happy that he got chosen. Um, I've seen maybe three other of those entry videos, and I wasn't too impressed. Like, I was, I was like, good for you. You had the guts to post you singing on yeah. YouTube, so I'm going to respect you for that. But <laughs> I think Samaria made a right choice because this dude sounded good with... Because, like, it wasn't over-edited either. Like, it wasn't T-Pain. <laughs> yeah. So, like, like, here's, I, here's, I respect it. Yeah, here's where people need to really kind of take a chill pill and I don't know how else to put it, but grow up. Because here's yeah, honestly, the deal. Everyone uses autocorrection in some type of form. Even, to me, autocorrection type of stuff, it goes anywhere from pitch correcting all the way to quantizing your vocal takes because they were one millimeter off or, like, one millisecond off. Yeah, so, again, so the the only way I can put it is this way, okay? At the end of the day, it's Sumerians and the people that's in that band's decision. So... If they choose the person that quote unquote went against the rules, okay, so the rules were no tuning, okay, but you also have to understand at the same time, I really thought that rule was stupid because you're what you're doing is let me get the worst possible um, taste of what we want. So what you were trying yeah. to say, yeah, and so I mean, I've, I'll watch some people that didn't use any tune that should have used it because I'm like, this, I'm no offense, dude. You know, if you want an honest opinion, this could have been a lot better. Um, but then you, there were some that didn't use tune that I was very impressed by. Technically, the guy I wanted to win did not win. However, this guy is good. Okay, you also have to understand it wasn't just about how they sung, but what they sung. Because remember, they made them write yeah, their was, own lyrics. They, yeah, too. they had to make up their own lyrics, right? Yeah. So. If it's also about who is the better songwriter. And in terms for the project, I do think Devin, the guy that won, had the best lyrics. I think he wrote the best song. So you have to take both into consideration. Now, I watched the music video with the new song with him writing it. He obviously knows what the fuck he's doing. He's good. He's a good Hasn't singer. Hasn't he been in, a, like, he was in a pretty, like, decent-sized band before this, wasn't he? Yeah, I just don't remember... Um, who it was, but the people in the project is Lee McKinley from Born of Osiris. What? So, yeah, and then like the rest of the people in it are used to be in what was I think it's City in the Sea. They used to be wow. signed to Sumerian, so it's like so it it is a super group. But basically, it's the Born of Osiris guitar player and everybody that was in City in the Sea, and they wanted a vocalist. Basically, that's what happened. But again, it sounds good, and people are just butt hurt. Because either one, they didn't get chosen, or two, their favorite person didn't get chosen. Yeah, like their best friend didn't get picked. Yeah. And again, I, the guy I wanted to technically win didn't win. But also, he's in a band, and I like his band, so I don't necessarily know if I would want that to break up. So, again, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not my decision, it's their decision, but... I think they made a good choice, to be honest. Like, I, yeah. I, I did like the guy's vocals. I liked his lyrical content, 
and I think it I think they made a good choice and I hope to see that band do something which they will because they're on Sumerian and Sumerian's such a good label to be on. Yeah, I mean the have you heard I mean the only quote unquote scandal that's ever happened involving Sumerian was misfortune. That was it. Basically I, don't even think I heard that one, dude. Misfortune, you don't remember they were like an alt rock band. They were they are they used to be really good. They yeah. just broke up like a week or two ago. Like R.I.P. Misfortune, but they just had a bunch of stuff go down. I really, to be honest, I don't even know the full story, so I'm not gonna gossip and say, oh, this is what happened. But basically, they dropped them from the label because of some miscommunication between the band and the label. Some incident happened regarding their vocalist, and they thought it was something that it wasn't. Or maybe it was. I'm not 100% sure. But basically, it was all about miscommunication. And they dropped them. Well, if you notice something, though, no band... Okay, I'm not going to say no band, because there could have been one. But to the extent of my knowledge, I've never seen a band leave Sumerian. I've only seen Sumerian drop bands that aren't up to their standards. So, I yeah, mean, exactly. Because if they weren't so good, Born of Osiris wouldn't have stayed with them for all these years. Asking Alexandria, yeah. the biggest name in the scene, wouldn't have stayed with them for this many years if they were, like, oh, God, I don't want to bash a label, but I'm gonna. Victory Records. Yeah. Like, Victory, you know, I try, I've try. i been one of the best Victory, too. I think they're getting better. They're signing I think they're working fans. back up. Because yeah, I know, so like, Taking Back Sunday, that whole yeah. situation, like, that gave them a bad taste. And the one that I think that put the nail in the coffin recently recently is the Data Remember scandal thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they're definitely recovering from that. On that label, on Victory, when that was going on. I mean, Darkness Divided, we just talked about them. They're on Victory, you know? They're, I mean, Amir was on Victory for X amount of years. And yeah, um, yeah. in an interview I read, Frankie was like, I loved Victory. The only reason we switched labels was just because we were going to get a little bit extra promotional things. Yeah, I mean, and then you got to think about some other bands. Broadside, who might have put out the best pop punk record I've heard this year. It's fantastic. Uh, I mean, you've just got so many bands on Victory that are pretty good bands. I mean, you they even have like Islander. Islander's like a butt rock band that kind of that had, and they're actually not really butt rock. I would really say they're like new rock, so like new metal, but they're rock. Um, and I mean, the drummer in that band used to drum for Vince Sembold. Wow. So. Yeah, so he was the guy that drummed on Hail to the King. That guy, he's an Islander now. So, wow. I mean, it's just so it's just crazy how things add up. I mean, you've got some labels, too, um, that he kind of, I'm not going to say have lost their charm, but they have changed. Um, I think In Vogue is one of them. They're definitely not signing the same bands they used to. Dude, uh, I completely forgot about that label, to be honest. I think and, the last time I like kind of pay attention to him. I, I don't even know if this is going to be right, but I think Famous Last Words was signed to him at one yes. point, right? Yes, they were signed to him during Two-Faced, Charade, and Council of the Dead. So they were definitely big in their molding. And, and Vogue is really good at that. I mean, Bing as an Ocean was on in Vogue. Uh, let me think. Um, oh, man, there was another band that got really big. Oh, Chuck No Captain Chunk was on in Vogue. No, uh, on the first uh, release of God, what's yeah. that? What's their first record? Because I know they re-released it for Fearless. Yeah, it was uh, something oh from nothing. God. Yes, something from nothing. So they were on in Vogue then. That was really the first band that kind of blew up. 
Dude, I'm really sad that MILF didn't get put on the re-release because MILF was a great song. <laughs> well, you gotta have to understand. I mean, I think it was a. I understand the decision, but also at the same time, uh, I, I kind of tend to agree. I think that that song was that was a real embodiment of how far they could go. And so, in my I, opinion, I think they should have put it. Yeah, like, okay, let's put this out there. I mean, think about it. For fuck's sake, uh, Attila has put out so many songs that are absolute garbage lyrically that are still, everyone still loves. And I'm just like, you can't put that song on the record, Fearless, really. I mean, give me a break. Dude, my fa- I, th- I don't even know if I'm going to quote this lyric right from them, but the whole gist of it was, I think it was on Guilty Pleasure and Franz is screaming about driving on a highway at 90 miles per hour, high off of cocaine, butt naked, running from the cops. I don't remember what song it was, but I mean, I'll listen to their new album and I freaking love it. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not, I've never been a huge Attila fan, but Chaos is a I've kind of given up on them after About That Life. Like, About That Life <laughs> is when I stopped listening. I mean, Chaos is good because, I mean, you're still getting the same lyrical content, so that didn't change, but I would definitely say Eric Ron is a magician he has figured out he the sound is so realistic and so like real you almost take it seriously you know what i'm saying like just to hear just of all people to hear you say you're taking an attila song seriously that's that's putting some really powerful words into me there buddy (laughs) it's not bad it really isn't i'm really and again here's another record label that is i mean sharp tone I mean, they announced Sharp Tone, what, a year ago today? Dude, I think that label came out of nowhere. I remember seeing it. I was at, I think I was at my buddy Ben's house. I was laying on his couch and I was scrolling through Facebook. I was like, wow, all these bands just randomly signed to this new record label. And like, they're big name bands, Miss May I, Attila. Yeah. Yeah, you know who their parent label is, right? No, I, I know that it was some dude who used to work at one of the other bigger labels in the scene. Yeah, uh, Nuclear Blast owns Sharp Tone. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so that makes sense because Nuclear Blast is probably, I don't know, the biggest metal record label outside of the United States. Yeah. Like, every single fucking band outside of the United States is signed either to them or Metal Blade. It's one or the other. Those are the only two basic record labels outside of the country that a lot of bands signed to. So they wanted a more "quote unquote" warp tour scene approach. That's what they said, and so they started. They made Sharp Tone, and I mean, again, they got some good. I mean, a mirror is on there. Attila, yep. um, Miss May I. Yeah. Um, Dude, the new Miss May I stuff has been blowing me away. So like, I I kind of lost like interest in them after At Heart. Cause at heart was a really good record to me. Like, and the one that came up after it, it didn't follow up to at heart. In my opinion, I think at heart was their peak, but now like their latest album, I'm got like really hooked me back into it. Yeah. So oh, I'm guessing rise of the line is the one that you were talking about that didn't do very well. Yeah. That one. Okay. So here's the deal. Okay. That album basically was a dumpster fire waiting to happen because the songs itself weren't bad i think it, it was, was the lyrical bad. content that got me the lyrical content was way different the way it was mixed was way different it was low energy it's just like for example like if you were to put that mix on any as dying record ever it would suck the as <laughs> even like even with, like i don't 
I don't know who did the mix. I honestly don't know. It wasn't Joey because Joey did their mix for Deathless, and I love Deathless. Deathless was a very good album. That um, was a really good album. Now, but the thing is, is I tend to agree on Shadows Inside. Isn't that the name of the album, Shadows Inside? I think so. Something like that. Here, yeah. I, I, I'll look. I'll look real quick because I think I have it on my Apple Music. Keep yeah. talking, and then I'll tell you. Uh, because to me, Deathless was almost too perfect. Because Ryan, let's be honest, Ryan is not one of the best clean vocalists of all time. He has these little mannerisms that kind of separate him from. Uh, you know, he's not absolutely flaws. And shadows inside, yeah, I knew it. Uh, but you know, I really like the fact that he's not perfect. Oh, dude, that album! Don't even get me started on that album. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that album after we talk about Miss May I. Yeah, but Miss May I is definitely a band that I think. So, it, did you watch the album documentary that, that Sharp Tone put up with Drew Folk no, and Andrew I, Wade? No, I didn't. the The latest album documentary i've seen it was the one for jason richardson jason richardson's album (laughs) i mean wage war did a studio documentary too about uh dead weight uh they've there's been a few bands that have done some but miss mayos was really good and the reason why it was really good is you kind of really saw into what they were trying to accomplish and it makes you appreciate the album a little bit more because you go because basically what Drew Folk said is they've basically been as good but haven't gotten the recognition as bands like As L.A. Dying, Kill Switch Engage, um, Unearth, those bands that got really, really famous. You know, It's almost like Miss May I got there just a tad bit after that scene was dying out, and now it's kind of resurrected itself. Because like While She Sleeps is also signed to Sharp Tone. While well, it's she crazy, sleeps- though, because like Miss May I didn't start out sounding like how they do now. Yeah. I mean, if you... If you remember their first two uh, records with Joey, they were just straight, like, tremolo picking and blast beats. Yeah. Or tremolo. I say tremolo instead of tremolo. So, find uh, me, YouTube, and the internet. (laughs) Uh, uh, At least as long as you don't call it, uh, let me think, what would that be called? So, I've seen people call uh, a tremolo a whammy, a whammy a tremolo, all those. Yes. So you know, the, you, know what, you know what a whammy bar is, right? Yes. My, okay. my first act had a whammy bar. I think yeah, exactly. I am cultured. Yeah. Every, every, I mean, I had that same guitar, so I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, like so, the little black – we did talk yes. about this on the first episode. I remember. Yeah. So a whammy bar is a whammy bar, and people call it a tremolo. And I understand because you can do a tremolo effect with it, but it's not a tremolo. It's not uh, the it's, same thing. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't give off the same. I mean, you can do dive bombs and all kinds of shit with a with a um, whammy bar. You can't dive bomb with a tremolo. You see what I'm saying? There better be some dive bombs on this EP that you're gonna come, be shooting up at us. <laughs> well, actually, that's kind of like a. I wouldn't say a thing. So, some of the album is in a, on a six string. Some of the albums on a seven string. Nice. Uh, so, um. The song I released, Colony Six String, it's in A Sharp, kind of, which a lot of gent, quote-unquote, progressive metal, all that kind of shit. Like, a lot of bands... You are false, because we all know that you can't gent on a six string. (laughs) Uh, You can tell that to Era any day. Era gents. Augment gented, and it was on a fucking six string. 
Uh, hey, Stevie T can jam on a ukulele. You can jam on anything. Exactly. Stevie T is my is my hero. Just uh, don't make his faces, please, because they make me uncomfortable uh, and I feel violated. It's almost like he knows that, and so he's like, you know what? I'm. He definitely does it on purpose. Something. Yeah, but uh, let's transition from that to Motionless and White. Okay, so Motionless and White has been that band that I was like. You're this close. You're that close to being so great. You, you've almost got everything. You're missing a few parts, but you're almost there. And then they dropped Graveyard Shift, and I was like... And it was like, you hit that mark. Yeah. I thought they, they honestly exceeded my expectations. When I first listened to the album, I was like, what did I just listen to? Holy crap. That just happened. And then I listened to it yep. again, and I was like, this is definitely the biggest release I've listened to. If, you know, in a while that I was just like honestly blown away by every song. Dude, uh, I, w- I d- actually, I did the same thing that you kind of described. Like, I listened to the full thing and I was like, I just, I listened to it. I didn't dissect it. I didn't sit there and appreciate it. I just listened to it and I, and I was just like, holy crap. I feel like I can go do something incredibly amazing because of this album. And on the second listen... I started listening for, you know, like all the things that music people want to hear in it. And it was just literally perfection. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, because they did, they, they put every style of song. If you want a radio song, you listen to, um, voices. Um, you listen to loud, you listen to queen for queen, you know, but if you want the ladder, yeah, you want the ladder. You want um, five seven zero. You want Dezef uh, Part Two. Dude, that's my favorite song. That one is my favorite. So I don't that's, honestly. I like that song quite a bit, but Part One holds a special spot. This is gonna yeah. sound really creepy saying that a song about necrophilia holds a spot in my heart, but it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I, I like Dead as Fuck, too, but I definitely would say my favorite song is probably still Eternally Yours. Dude, yeah, that, that song, like, I I love that song with a passion. Yeah, I don't like that the That has made a certain playlist. Me, music video makes me uncomfortable. Like, I don't know why. It just does. Dude, the music video just makes me so happy, and it leads to things. <laughs> <laughs> Those things are the reason why I've, I... Don't appre- I don't appreciate the video as much. I really liked the 570 music video. I really think it encompassed. The 570 their- music video is really cool. It, it, yeah. Like that weird, like the diamond cut things where it was transitioning between all yes. the numbers. That kind of made me a little bit sick. Just like I felt like motion sickness a bit because had ah, motion yeah. sickness, motionless and white. Ha ha. Uh, but like that part kind of made me like feel a little queasy. But besides that, it was such a cool video. Yeah. All right. So. What would you say is the band to watch for? Maybe hasn't put out material um, yet, or maybe has put out material, and you're just like, people aren't dissecting it the way they should be. Oh, dude. Uh, can I say an old band that kind of broke up? Like, Well, not kind of. like They broke up, but I think that they should have been so much bigger than what they ever got. Yeah, yeah. So the two bands I think of right off the top of my head is the pop punk band Vieira. Um, yes, they were, dude. They were mixed and produced by Andrew Wade and Jeremy McKinnon from A Day to Remember. And Andrew Wade, who's worked with bands like A Day to Remember <laughs> and 
they like it's literally the best pop punk album I've ever heard in my entire life besides of course Blink but it was so good the it was catchy I could sing every like along to every single song on that album and it, they just they didn't take off I don't know if it was due to their part or if it was due to Epitaph not promoting them enough but they had the potential to be the biggest pop punk band in this entire scene so was that uh, let me I think I know which band you're talking about so let me make sure I do is that the one that had the female drummer yup that that is the band okay. she's the because... female drummer and she brought donuts because they even did like the web series like how data remember did but yeah like it was ripping like on Jeremy McKinnon and Andrew Wade. They're like, oh, the big boss, we brought you sprinkled donuts because you said you like them in the homesick videos. And then yeah. like they would cut and he's like, I don't know why Jeremy McKinnon's here. He, like his band of data members sucks and he's just trying to ride our wave now. <laughs> they did because everything right. Like I think the band did everything right. Just something maybe they didn't have the right management. Maybe Epitaph didn't promote them well enough. I don't know. But they deserved to be a thousand times bigger, and they should still be a band if things played out correctly. Yeah, because I remember, I know this is going to sound really just caveman of me, but I remember going, that girl drummer's hot. Like, I don't know what it was, but that was just it like... It was just her accent. You were like, she has the same accent as me. I love her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but she's, she's actually like, I think, I'm, I think I'm friends with her on Facebook. Or she's really cool. Dude, her uh, YouTube videos are so good. Yeah, she did that. She did like a – I remember it was funny because a bunch of people when Justin Bieber's album come out did a bunch of drum covers yep. of What Do You Mean? And hers was the most fucking metal of any of them. And I was like, she was in a pop punk band. Well, come hers is the most metal? Now, I you think had my the, two favorite drummers – or three favorite drummers, four favorite drummers. Okay, I'll, live, I'll limit it to four. Tommy <laughs> Lee, Travis Barker, the girl from Vieira, and of course um, Luke Holland. Luke Holland, yeah, I do like Luke Holland, dude. Um, I don't know. I would say Luke Holland's definitely one of my favorite drummers, too. I don't know if he's number one, but I definitely would say he's up there. Uh, let me think. Who's a really good drummer that I really like? Um, Easy drummer. Superior drummer. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, I have uh, SSD4. SSD4 is my favorite drummer. Steven Slate is my favorite drummer. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, though, dude. There's so many bands that I like the drummer of. Uh, oh, come on. Chris Turner from Ocean State, Alaska is probably my favorite drummer, honestly. Honestly, I have mad respect for him because playing those rhythms, that would suck. I think he's just a fucking machine. Because, like, okay, so my mom does not like really heavy stuff like Ocean State Alaska. And I showed her, I think it was a playthrough video of Blood Brothers. She was like, okay. he isn't, she was like, he isn't blinking when he plays. I said, <laughs> I know. He's a, he's an animal. He's a machine. And she was like, that's kind of creepy, but also kind of cool because he's having to focus so hard that he can't blink. I was like, and I watched the whole video and I said, he blinked twice. He blinked. Wow. In a three minute and 30 second song, he blinked twice. I'd I don't know like, what's more impressive. That he didn't blink except for twice, or the fact that you watched to see how many times he blinked. Well, yeah. Well, see, I had watched that video so many times, I already knew what he was going to do with his hands. So I was just like, let me just watch his eyes real quick. <laughs> let me watch to see if he gets drummer face. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, dude. Uh, 
man, we have went down a huge rabbit hole somehow. We went Before from- we get back on track, though, I have two more bands that I think should have been bigger than what they ever were. The second one is Close to Home. They oh, were such dude. a great band. I still listen to them. I talk to J.J. Cooper as much as I can. I annoy him every like chance I get. Um, hopefully, Andrew Deneff, their last lead vocalist, comes on. Um, I'm talking to him about getting him on an episode. But I think actual they should have been so dude. much bigger. Actual villains, bro. Dude, actual villains. I don't even know if that's still a project because Andrew yeah, doesn't even a- live in Chicago anymore. Yeah, he he's doing a pop punk band now. Yeah. So I don't know. I liked Actual Villains for what it was. Um, I mean, it I was think that EP was really good, rock. and it left me craving more. Yeah, dude, they definitely had some straight up just tunes on that track. And then the final band is Favorite Weapon, and that was Hans Allegood's band after yeah. he left What Was Me. Yeah, and then he quit. Favorite that. Weapon had some really catchy choruses, and I love that about them. You know the the drummer in that is in a different band now. Is she? Chapel. No. Yes, she's drumming in Chapel now. Dude, I have you send me a link to that. Dude, have you never listened to Chapel? I'm not that big of a fan to be honest. Oh, dude, you're hurting me, dude. You are hurting me. How could you not? Like Chapel, dude. Okay, so you know the singer for Chapel used to be in Nightmares, right? Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's definitely a change because I actually listened to Chapel before I knew that. So I was just, it was almost like a new band to me. It's like, oh, cool. And they were like, this guy used to be in Nightmares. I was like, wait a second. Yes, he did. I was like, this is still kind of cool. And then they were like, the drummer used to be in favorite weapon i was like you're okay so this is now amazing now it's fantastic now it's a super group yeah so now it's freaking cool um dude there are a ton of bands dude okay so i would have said boys of fall was one of mine okay because boys of fall is basically like the straight up 100 percent easy core version of a day to remember because they broke up for a good three months, and people basically cried so loud that they came back. Essentially, they're going wow. to record with Andrew Wade at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year, and I literally almost cried. I was like, "Oh my god, they're go- they're going to be big now. Now they're going to be big." Because they essentially quit because they had worked five years and had really worked hard and didn't get anywhere. Uh, well, okay, I'm not going to bash on them for doing that, but a band is a business. And like most businesses, it's going to the first five years are the hardest. So if you can't make it through those first five years and that last fifth year, then it might not be for you. But if you can push through those five first years, then you're going to make it like like, just like a business. The five, the first five are the worst. If you can get through that fifth one, you're golden. Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff that involved that, too. So their drummer moved from Detroit to Memphis. So he moved a good bit away. Um, their singer also runs a studio and he was getting so much work from that. He was like, I kind of need to quit doing a band. Um, but now he's kind of realized that, you know, he can do both. So they're still doing both. And again, enough people basically cried that they were like, fine, we'll do both. Our lives will be crap, but we'll do both. (laughs) Nah, but they were definitely a band I was going to say, but then again, they've kind of gotten back together. They've released two new songs since then. And I just love them to death. Um, if you didn't know, Boys of False Singer does the Miss Graves Demons singing for Jared Alonzo. Really? Yeah, he does the screaming 
and the singing in that. Um, if you remember, um, what song was that? Uh, it was the Sunrise Skater Kids song, Take It Easy Core. So Mike did the screams in that one. And again, he did I'm So Seen 2.0. He did um, Save My Life. God, what's that? How do you pronounce that song? Missing John Genius? Yeah, yeah, he did all the screaming and misogynistic. That. There we go. Yes, misogynistic. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, he's he's, a f- and then when he did the EP, he also did the vocals on that. That's when I originally heard him from. I was like, damn, this dude's good. And then I found dude, his that band. EP's probably my favorite EP besides like Zombies in Space. Yeah, like the actual <laughs> the Devil Wears Prada EPs, Space Zombies. Yeah, I'm like, cause I de- like the Devil Wears Prada. Their albums are okay. Don't get me wrong, they're they're decent. They know how to write EPs, though. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I would say, like, a lot of people like Transit Blues. And to me, I think there might be three good songs on the album. And I know it's mean, but it's literally the three songs they made music videos for. That's it to me. Like, their Daughter, uh, Key to the Evergreen, and Worldwide are the only three songs by them on that album that I like. Actually, I haven't listened to Transit Blues because I already, like, personally, I feel... I don't know. I'm trying to say this, so I'm like, I'm not gonna sound like a jerk, but um, I think they're kind of in like this really weird ring where they have a decent album, and then they release this amazing EP, and the next album at following that EP is trash. Because to <laughs> me, like, it started with with Roots Above, Branches Below, that was a really good album, and then Zombies came out huge yeah. massive and then dead throne like See, a lot of people i know love think dead throne's their best album and i'm just like what like, you my, can see me shaking my head friends. like yeah, no my, no one of my best friends favorite album is dead throne and i'm just the like, only song i like off of dead throne is mammoth and that's just because yeah. that heavy intro jigga 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 um yeah that's I, I'm, I've never been a huge The Devil Wars Prada fan anyway, but I would agree. My favorite album by them is Space, the Space EP. Um, I like the story. So as the same – you can relate with Famous Last Words. I love um, albums uh, – what are those technically called? Albums that tell a story. Concept out. I have a question for you. Would you be upset if your interview got intruded on? No. All right, let's – we are adding Jerry John to this call now because he wants oh, to. Oh sweet God! He he wants to hop in on something here. Oh God! All right, let him in. I'm fine with him, dude. We can. I'd I'd like for all of us to do a whole episode like a bunch of us together. Dude, dude I would bullshit. love that because you guys are literally my best friends. Oh, dude, you gonna make me blush? So we were talking about uh, the Devil Wars Prada. Yeah. Like. I don't know. I I did not feel good about Dead Throne at all, to be honest. Um. So there's one band that everyone loves that I don't, and I legitimately get hate for it. And I understand why. It's just a band everybody loves, and I'm just the guy that's like, I don't jam it. It's just, it's not something that I listen to. I don't know why. There's just something about the whole situation I don't like. I don't know. No, but uh, the band is Architects, so I don't like Architects. Do, okay, so... All of Nail the Mix freaked out that we were able to mix one of their songs. But yeah, Gone with the Wind. And it's yeah. basically mix for you. I did not like it. I need to get on that Nail the Mix vibe. 
Dude, now the mix is actually really worth it. Yo, get the fuck out of my interview. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm just kidding. <laughs> done. So, Isaiah, you are now on the Locals Only Bruh podcast. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> the hell is you doing? Looks like you in a studio of some sort. Sorta. I got my nice little pink uh, cap on my 57, you know. Ah. Uh, so I should be. So we were talking about the Devil Wars Prada. And what I was saying, like, I have a theory about them, that they release one good album, and then an amazing EP, and then the album that follows that EP is trash. And I think that even followed up with the whole Space and Transit Blue stuff that just came out. Do you agree? I love the Space EP. I hate the new one. So, Space so EP, basically, yes. Space EP is my favorite thing about Devil Wars Prada. Hey! Hey, I, hey, that's what's up. Um, like the with the whatever the long one is, the one that everybody knew, the Sturgis mixed. That album's pretty decent, but Space is my um, favorite. Got plagues with Roots Above or whatever. Yeah. Roots Above, Branches Below. And Jerry, you are now part of the Locals Only Bro Podcast Part Two. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Are you in a car? Oh, I am in a vehicle. By the way, I listen to your new song, dude. It's lit. Dude, thank you. Thank you. It's a a really good song. You should uh, hit me up with those. My bad. That was kind of rude. Jerry. Where's your camera? What? Honestly, Dude, where get, get your video on, Jerry. We all want to see your pretty face. I have, I have my video on, so. Isaiah, you look like someone. I can't put my finger on it, but it's like someone oh, from a band. I, I do see the tape. <laughs> are we putting are, are you in that band, um, Meet Me at the Gates? Yeah. That's what I thought. You look really familiar to their bass player. Jesus Christ. Who the fuck's that? <laughs> uh, dude, that's so mean. I'm just kidding. No, seriously, I do like Mimi at the Gates a lot. No no one likes us. It's okay. No, for real. Like, um, I used to talk to Matt all the time because me and Matt went to the... Did we go to the same school? No, we almost did. Uh, we, we went really close. Oh, look at that boy. Oh my god. It looks like he's about to go commit a crime. That's what I was about to say, dude. I was like... <laughs> robbing a bank are you what yeah what the fuck my car is shaking I, i'm not dark enough to do that whole neck thing i don't have a neck so <laughs> no seriously look there's no neck there it's it's literally there's like a pivot that makes sure my head doesn't sit on my shoulders and then that's it i don't have a actually neck. i had a question for you real quick zach you kept saying that you share a room with your sister now how hard is it to track anything with a sibling in your room that's like living with you there honestly she's cool as shit like really she is um if i usually want to track something she usually just is like okay because she knows me uh because 
I have such a short memory that if I don't track something that I think of in my head, I lose it forever, and it bums me out. And so she's just nice. It's just like, okay. But sometimes she'll get pissed, which is understandable because I'll track a whole song, which can take like two or three hours when she yeah. was doing something. Uh, so she gets pissed. But besides that, dude, no, she's cool. Again, like I said, she likes a lot of the same music I do. I mean, like I said, we're going to Warped, and we pretty much agreed on the same bands we wanted to go see. Um, whether she likes it or not, we're going to see Knock Loose. She can get over it. Uh, but, <laughs> I hope she listens yeah. to this episode so she knows what what's up. <laughs> no, she's going Dude, I want to go see Hatebreed, too. If I don't go see Hatebreed... It's not even that, like I'm the biggest hate breed fan, but it's just a matter of going to see them. Fucking hate breed. Yo, look at this! Look at all these LEDs, man. They all match. So real quick though, since we got two new people in the middle of this episode, can you guys introduce yourselves with your voices so people know who's talking? Uh, I'm Isaiah. Yeah, no one cares. He's been on this show before. Yeah, if you guys haven't watched, if you guys haven't listened to my episode, like just get off of this one, you know, because who cares about him? Oh, exactly, dude. I wasn't the this guy first repeat. Yeah, definitely go give guys uh, a little bit more uh, views because we all know Zach is actually the top viewed episode. Ooh, don't do this, so, dude. I'm called. Okay. Oh, he's Wait, got more I'm friends. I'm sorry. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> you cut out the whole time except for fuck me and everyone got excited <laughs> all I was saying is like I finally got the chance the uh, you're, only, you're only six hours away from me Jerry yeah but Jerry, so well. that's actually that was one thing I was really curious with because I mean you're filming YouTube videos now you're tracking music still and I was like he's sharing a room with his sister and he's doing all this in the room how upset is she about this? She's kind of cool, dude. She wants to, uh, she, like, she's very into YouTube, so she wants to kind of make YouTube videos and be like that. She wants to be basically PewDiePie. And I'm just like, okay, I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But the problem is, is that she just doesn't want to think, like, it's not that she doesn't want to. I shouldn't say that. Like, we're very limited in all the resources and stuff that we have in terms of equipment. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you can only do so much. And I think that she, because of the slight limitations, she just doesn't want to do it. Because she can't do to her potential what she wants. You see what I'm saying? And that's totally understandable. I get that. But also, the best thing to do is work with what you got. Honestly, and, I mean, just try to do the best you can with what you got. I mean, my interface that I use is a Line 6 UX2. Hey, ain't no, hey, people There's shit no, on Line 6, oh, fuck man. those people. Line 6 can make some dope-ass shit. The only thing that Line 6 can't do is, is like, the, the spiders. I have I had a Line 6 bass head for the longest time. Never gave me any issues. Sounded great live. They just, their, their guitar model, like, their pod, the original pod wasn't that great. Dude, I have a spider, and I hate it. <laughs> a spider a spider's not a terrible practice amp. Like, yeah, thing. like for practice, it's great. But if you're gonna use it any like besides anything else, you, you just go hang it. yourself. But in reality, mic that bitch up. In reality, <laughs> who really mics up like amps anymore? 
Like, if you, unless you have, like, a good setup, there's no point in micing it up because you have to turn it up to 10 to even get the speaker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bro. So, get that Zilla cab. Like, even Glenn Fricker, he has that full setup and he's, and he uses his torpedo live more than anything now. Yeah. Also, convenience, dude. It's so convenient to click a button and boom, there's a fucking amp there. Even for, like, demoing. And it's like, why would I want to sit here, walk back to an amp, change one setting, come listen in the room, see what it sounds like, walk back in there? You know, if you had an ISO box, you just keep you keep twilling with yeah. stuff to sound that you can get in three clicks, you know? I'm like, just give exactly. me my amp sims. I'm happy with my amp sims. Yeah, I want to get, like, a camper. I think I still want to get a camper. Dude, a camper would be so the nice camper, to get. The camper was so nice because um, when we switched to that for Baby at the Gates Live, made the world of a difference. Oh, dude, jelly. Straight up jelly right now. We all have in-ears now, so, like, instead of carrying, like, 350 pounds worth of cabs, we carry, like, 60 pounds of Kempers, and we're done. Wow. And we just use in-ears. Dude, Dude, I'm actually, I'm really jealous on that one, but good for you guys. That's awesome. Yeah, dude, y'all are definitely making strides. We're still, we're still making payments on those in-ears, though. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, no, that, dude, but the, your payments will never be done, but. Yeah, but it is nice to be able to be surrounded by people who kind of share your same interests, same goals, and y'all kind of just work together. You know, it's, it's really hard to get that anymore, dude. I mean, like I said, with The Will to Grow in my episode, like I said, I literally did it because I didn't have anybody to play with. And so it was like, I have to be my own band. So I had to learn how to do all that crap. Like, I only got into production that's, that's because reason. I wanted to do my own thing. That's the reason all the members are spread throughout the country, because I cannot find anybody in the local area that's willing to put any money into something. And but that, you like, live in Ohio, dude. Like, Ohio's given us so many great scene, bands. Our metal, our metal scene is amazing, but there's just nobody that's willing to put in the money. Like, there's, an amazing, uh. there's amazing bands all over, but nobody sees it, you know, worth putting all the money in, and they don't think understand that you have to put the money in to make the money back. Yeah. yeah. Just like how they, we were talking want, about earlier, Zach, like a band is a business. Yeah. A band is a brand. It is not music half the time. Like a band is 90% a brand. If you can't yep. create a brand for yourself, you're just you're just never going to go anywhere. Now, yeah. you have amazing music, but if you have crappy, you know, crappy art, have you have crappy any anything really, your music doesn't mean anything to anybody because you have to connect with them on different ways other than your music your music needs to catch them but they're not going to ever listen to your music if something else doesn't catch you yeah like, so exactly many, I to so many bands just because their art looked cool and then i fell in love with their music yeah so i kind of agree it's like the whole thing you can make the best music in the world but if you don't know how to sell it it's like the same thing like i can make the greatest cheeseburger ever. But if I don't know how to sell it and I can't get it into people's hands, then there's no point in even trying to make the burger. You see what I'm saying? That's the thing. It's like, you know, you can't, you can't expect to go, go to record at some, you know, crappy local studio and expect your album to go platinum next week after not spending any money on anything. Like you got, your art was, your art was made in MS paint. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it just doesn't – stuff doesn't go together. So I think I think it was on your episode, Isaiah. We talked about Taco Bell, right? We did. 
So I am. I had it for dinner. That's my Baja Blast. Just had taco. And I got a Baja Blast freeze. I didn't get the drink. Since the last time we've talked, I've legit eaten eaten Taco Bell like once every other week. That's a dude. It's so good. Dude, I honestly, I think it's because of you. It's like, you know what? I'm going to try it again. Like, give it like a full heart, full chance this time. And I, I regret every mistake I've ever made because <laughs> of this. Because here's the, here's the thing with me is it's like, I can go there and like, it's, it's that or Chipotle. And like, so, and you know, I can only eat so much Chipotle in a week, but like I go, I go to like, I eat Mexican a lot. Now I wouldn't say Taco Bell's Mexican, but I just eat in general Mexican style foods all the time. Yeah. So, you know, between those two, like Chipotle, sometimes it's just like, do I really want to eat it again? Because I've eaten it three other times this week. But like, Boy, when you guys go on tour and you come to New Mexico, let me know and I will show you what New Mexican, like what Mexican food is. Dude, if we ever go on tour. You best. This album better be finished. Who's mixing it again? In it, Joey? Um, Joey Sturgis makes the new single, but the album is going to be, we're working with Andrew Wade. We're going to go record down there with him. Oh, dude, that's sick. We were just talking about Andrew Wade. Yep. Andrew Wade is a guy. And you know what's crazy is I, like, growing up, when, when, um, Creatures from Motionless and White first came out, I was like, this makes slams. And I never knew Andrew mixed it until, like, six months ago. Dude, yeah, we, boy. We, we we were talking about Moses and White, but I'm gonna kind of shoot on them for like a hot minute, real quick. Creatures is my least favorite album. Like, d- due to con- like different beliefs, Creatures is the bottom of the totem pole for me. What was the second album? I can't remember. Infamous. My, my favorite album right now, to be completely honest, is Infamous. Other other than the new stuff, so dude, infamous. So for me, it go like I'm gonna go from least favorite to most favorite. It goes creatures, when love met destruction, the horror, uh, reincarnate, infamous, or no graveyard shift, and then infamous. Infamous has to be like, I think, I mean not the original infamous, the deluxe edition because the original infamous I literally can't stand because the mix was so, so yeah. odd. Yeah, I don't listen to the original release of it. I only listen to the re-release. I actually only listened to the original until I downloaded the discography. I bought I bought their full dis- uh, discography on iTunes, and like I went through and just bought all the albums, and I bought the deluxe edition too because you know ultimate fanboy thinking originally. Yeah, you have to buy the deluxe that. edition because it's different. Like you know, for me, I think a deluxe edition is kind of pointless unless it's something like what Motionless and White did with Infamous. When they, you know, they made it a thousand times better than the original. But, like, with these bands doing a deluxe edition six months after their release and putting one Oh, yeah, Blink-182 did it right, though. They put... Yeah. Dude, they released a they whole nother album on top of out. California. Fucking... I was like, this could have been a whole nother album, and it would have been the same feeling, but it had the news, the old songs on there, too, which was cool. Yeah, so, like... Most metal bands, I would say, that aren't signed to like Rise or Fearless, don't do that. But look at Beartooth. Beartooth is literally the definition of what you don't do. They re-released Aggressive and only put live versions of certain songs on there. And we already know that Beartooth isn't even one of the better live bands. So it's like, 
So it's like you literally gave me shit that I don't even want to listen to more. I'd rather have the regular version so I don't have to skip through that. Wow. That's kind of how I feel. I mean, it's like if you're going to put out live song, like a live version of your song, you better kill it live. The yeah. one live album I like is by Rage Against the Machine. Um, Rage Against the Machine's live albums are, uh, like, honestly perfect because they had. Dude, one it of sounds the best like they're in the studio. Yeah, I know because I mean their music was very natural to begin with, and it was very full of heart. So like, automatically it just kind of catches you. And, yeah. Like, yeah. I watched that performance of the. I think it was like 1999. They did. Um, what is that song called? Killing in the name of. Yeah, killing in the name of. When I saw that live for the first time, I was like, "This sounds better than the album does." Yep. It had it had ten times more emotion, and usually live, they're like they don't they don't have their breath, you know. Some things are off. They killed it. They did better than the album version. I was like, how does that happen? Because you're so used to seeing bands these days like backtrack really off everything live. Not not even necessarily backtracks, because like I can't say that because maybe the gates uses some backtracks. We don't use it on like guitars and stuff, but you know. As long stuff. as like well, I don't have a problem with backtracks if it's like you know. Um a chorus or or not a chorus a choir or like bass drops or something just now, don't like pull if a you're like empire. playing a whole just guitar don't pull a crown empire now no it's <laughs> kind of like i understand backtracks like if you you know if you have like dual leads or something and you have just one rhythm track behind it because it makes sense because you still want to yeah. have that rhythm track but it also can't be something like if you have a guitar solo in your backing tracks it just it defeats the purpose for me yeah, learn how to play there, the solo correctly. The cool stuff, like sometimes the rhythm tracks are, you know, just whatever. We do some harmonies in the back tracks. Um, they're very, very low, but they're just there enough to where you kind of can hear the harmony slightly. But there, it's there's, more for a reverb. Yeah, that's what we we have. Those have a lot better effects on them. But like, yeah, we're starting. We have our own mixer, so we kind of have our stuff set up. Yeah. So, how many shows have y'all played? Y'all would say, like individually, between all of us. Um, give me Matt, a, give me a minute real quick, cause I'm gonna have to count. Oh, dude, you're all making me look like noobs. I've only I've only pl- actually with with all my bands combined, I've played played probably probably almost a hundred shows. Jason, Jason has played only shows with Meet Me at the Gates. Matt used to be in a band. Derek used to be in a band, and Joey's only played with Meet Me at the Gates. Yeah, come, dude. Matt, Matt used to play shows all the time because he's been in, I think, three bands before. Yeah, he was in All In, which I actually liked. He was in All In. He was in Ozona and um, one other band that kind of never really took off. Yeah, and never really recorded anything. All in, I, I really liked, and then all of a sudden, all just good. I enjoyed all in, but like it came to a point to where like it was going to be time for him to start putting more money into it, and he realized that it wasn't a good situation because with how expensive everything is for this band that we're in, you know, yeah, it's, you just gotta you gotta have one focus. Yeah, I also thought that there was some issues with some of the members too. Oh, there definitely was. Well, I mean, but, I mean, I understand but, bands is five to six different you know personalities different you know character traits so it's really hard to get six people that are just like get along on every single ground 
But at the same time, like when you're in a toxic relationship, yeah, meet me at the gates, boy. <laughs> Nobody listening to this is going to understand what that was for. <laughs> <laughs> yep, nope, yep. and it'll just be a little nugget. It's an Easter egg. Is that what those kids call it nowadays? Yeah. There was a cool little thing for the thing that was already in the thing, so we got it. No, but how many shows have you played? Go ahead and tell me. I've played around 20 to 25. Yeah, that's sick, dude. This is our, this is the custom, uh, Life in 2 pick. Oh, that is. Oh, dude, that's cool. But that was, uh, that was strictly for the, the single. We gave these out to, we gave these out with, like, a, um, with our business card. Dude, send me one. I want it. Dude, send me your address and I'll send you one. Bro. Straight up, just getting picks up in here. They're pretty thick, so if you don't like thick picks, you probably won't like them. But I don't even play with them really. I just have. Dude, them. I don't even want to play with it. I just want to have it. Oh god, it sounded awful. But <laughs> I just want to have it because I support my homies. This is my. Uh, this is like my normal pick. I play with very sharp picks. It's a yeah. uh, Dunlop Tortex, uh, like the sharp ones. And I think it's. And just like that, I lost all respect for you. You're a bass player. You don't use picks. You gotta do all that slap techniques and that finger plucking, dude. For, I don't do it live because, like, live, it, you just lose a little bit of the attack. I was just and giving I, you a hard time, dude. You. But like, <laughs> when I'm recording, I do I do some finger style stuff. It just depends. Like for the band I'm in, though, like finger style doesn't make as much sense. Yeah. It, it definitely like, it makes sense because it's super metalcore. Yeah, like it. De- it just depends on your stuff. Like now, the new single that had to be played with with fingers because there's just so much going on on the on the higher strings, so it just made more sense. And I do some like some slapping and like the slap and pull stuff. So, see, like for bands like Polyphia, like you need fingers and slap yes. techniques. Like, come on, because it makes like it gets too boring because there's stuff you know with how. With how in depth their um, their like style is, you just it's just too boring to use a pick. Exactly. I honestly don't understand how the guy from Issues is so good. Sky Accord is literally like one of the best bases I've seen live. He's insane. Dude, did you see what he posted about Issues? Yeah, dude. Like he's mm-hmm. pretty much just like if this album isn't the best thing ever, I quit. <laughs> he didn't even say that. He said if they didn't get in the studio soon, he was gonna quit. Oh wow! I didn't see that part. I saw like him yeah. like just saying like. I just saw him saying that if this album doesn't beat Headspace, um, I'm out. Yeah, but that was my point. What the? I mean, honestly, really, as smart as that guy is, he could probably do his own thing. Even with him, him and his brother just need to be at a fucking amazing ass duo. Dude, have you guys seen the the remixes Tyler's done recently? No. He's no, insane. man, I don't. Like I don't, I don't really follow that the EDM scene much anymore. But like, I follow him on Twitter, so I see when he, you know, posts his new songs, and his stuff is insane. And he's doing remixes for like, for top, like for um, like top twenty artists now. Like you know, Zed, he remi- he ran yeah. Zed and all those guys, and Zed's hit number one like twenty times now, something like that. Like wow, 
he's he's doing so much better and like i understand his reasoning for for leaving issues because he was kind of he didn't like the touring life which makes sense because like you know i don't really care for it too much like my my ideal future like obviously i want to stay in the band but like i feel like i could see myself being a nolly of a band dude honestly nolly has like the best gig ever he he doesn't have to go on tour which is awesome but he still helps write He's a phenomenal producer and mixer. He owns a great sample company. He's making too much money. <laughs> he He's needs to send to some pay. to me via Facebook uh, pay thing, or I'll create a Patreon and you guys can start sending me money. Yeah. Gotta get paid, boo-boo. Oh my god, I'm gonna create a Patreon. <laughs> Dude, you should you should have a way, because this is something I learned at the very beginning. It's like when I was telling you about my game streaming thing. Yeah, you need to have a way that your fans can contribute to you besides just the con. The so you should basically get paid for what you do. You put enough effort into it, you should get paid for it. Now, Dude, like, yeah, so to be honest, it took me like you know how long it took me to release the episode with Kevin. That whole yeah. time, I was legit editing everything. Like, yeah. literally, like, that whole four-week period, I was still editing stuff. Here's what I would do. Like, once you get to a point, I would almost make it, like, maybe every two weeks put out a podcast. You know, I don't know what you're – like, I don't know if you're on a schedule right now. But get it to where you do, like, every two weeks. And you could honestly open up a Patreon and, like, just have it every time a new podcast comes out, a certain amount comes to you. Like, that could be an easy future way to do that and to be like, you know, obviously you're not going to make hundreds every time, but, like, as you gain up, you know, you could slowly make something so at least it funds up, you know, to what you're doing. Because obviously you're putting in a ton of work and, you know, you don't want to completely work for free even though you, you know, enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Like, like even, even if it's five bucks a podcast, you know, at least it's like, hey, that's five bucks. You yeah, know? dude, I mean, that's five dollars I didn't have and I could buy me a Subway sandwich when I'm at Taco school. Bill. And that and that's when you stockpile about a hundred podcasts in a week, and you throw them all at them at once, and then all their bank accounts get declined. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just you conniving little child. I think I think Patreon actually had to put out a rule on that. Like, I think you have to if you do it like per video or something. I think you have to set a certain amount of videos. It will charge them a month. Wow. And, like, I think you can um, – and I think when you sign up, like, to um, be a Patreon for somebody or be a patron for somebody, I guess that's the correct word, um, I think you have – you can set a certain amount of how many times it will charge you in a certain period of time. So, like, say, you know, you – say it's – say you pay per video for, like, Glenn Fricker. Uh-huh. If he puts out 15 videos in a week, you know, you can only charge it for four, which I think was a smart idea to implement that. that yeah. Sort of, yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely, like, that's a really smart idea to do because, I mean, like how you were saying, like, completely hypothetically, but someone could could have, like, released, you know, 100-some content stuff, stuff, and someone's account is negative 200 bucks. See, I, that's why I have my bank account set up to where it won't let me overdraft because... Uh, Same. Fun fact, yeah, that's actually how I stayed in the Mix because that's why I don't get removed from the groups. So, like... If it ever gets to the point, I'll just like have it come from my savings and like I'll like I have because I have multiple accounts that it can come out of. 
and I'll just like take the money out of the account, put it in my other one, and then like when it goes through, I don't get kicked out of the groups because it just cut, cuts off my account. But because like unless you cancel, they won't take you out of the groups. Yeah, I gotta stay in that URM PPC Rackthagon, man, because I need my mix crits. <laughs> like I wish I, I really want to. Okay, did you guys see that they're taking off the speed mixing course? Like you're not like. You only have so many um, hours before it like cuts off. What? Bro, yeah. hold up. Okay. Sorry to interrupt, but something amazing just happened to one of my favorite bands of all time, and I am so fucking happy. Lay it on. I just have to shout it out. Okay, so one of my favorite bands of all time is Seven Dust. I fucking love Seven Dust. Okay. That's the name they I just heard got in a hot minute. Rise Records. They just got signed to Rise Records. Nah. Uh, dude i'm so fucking happy for them because so Roz will actually so they've always been on a label that won't push their shit always they always have gotten screwed on labels so i am just so happy i mean say what you want to about Roz, they'll at least push some of their bands you see what i'm saying yeah the, yeah. It, yeah they they do push half their roster that is true yeah i mean they push paris a lot but it's understandable paris is huge they push issues I'm a little upset about Secrets, but it is what it is. Dude, Secrets, like, I don't know. It, it would, I don't know if it was, the, like, the song structure or the actual song itself, but one thing that has always caught me with that band is their screamers. Like, Xander, I think he was one of the greatest screamers before he left. And then... I'm, I feel bad because I like the guy off of Federal Figures, but I can't remember his name right now. But he Aaron, was... Aaron, Aaron. Melzer. Yeah, because he was in uh, The Author or something like that, Author and Finisher. Yes. Um, Like, every screaming vocalist that they had has been super unique, and I think that's what yeah. set them apart. Yeah, because Richard is typical post-hardcore singer, no offense. I mean, he's good, obviously, but again, he's still kind of got that Rise record sound. But, you know, they released a cover of Shape of You by Ed Sheeran, and it was good, but I'm ready for some original new shit. Yeah, their uh, latest full length, I really dug it. Um, Everything geez, that got what? us here? Yep. Like, that whole intro, like, I thought I was listening to a barbershop quartet on that first track. <laughs> yeah, dude, intro. It's so good. I didn't dig the mix. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't really dig a lot of Tom Denny mixes, so it didn't really surprise me. That, that Okay, but, I was going to ask who mixed it, because I've been meaning to look this up for a while to see if Tom Denny was still mixing. Yeah, so he's mixed essentially almost all their stuff. Now, he did the Fragile Figures mix, too, and he did good. Those are good. You know, those he, are pretty I think he mixed um, Favorite Weapons only album. Yeah, but he has a real tendency to compress the fuck out of everything. Yep, because I think like, he did... What album from Close to Home did he work on? Um, Never Back Down? That's the one he did for Close to Home. And I that's the album that got me really hooked on them. Yeah. Uh, well, he's got some good crits and stuff. I don't know what that's... I don't know. Something just happened to my voice. I got really tired randomly. Did you ever hear the Tom Denny song, um, I Know I'm Gangster? Yes, of course, dude. dude. I'm still waiting for that album to drop. <laughs> I don't know if it is. I really don't know what he does. Um, I don't know he what he does it... either anymore, ever since he, like, 
left a day to remember. So he always works on the day to remember's albums. He didn't work on um uh what's it called though? He didn't work on Bad Vibrations. Uh so, I think he contributed honestly, to two songs. Cause I did look through the CD pamphlet because I always I'm weird, I do that. I look through the yeah, CD pamphlet I so too. I can see what goes on in there. The same. Of course, dude. I'll look at who does what. I mean, that's how I kind of understood the big mixers and who's the good engineers, who's the good masters, all yeah, that like kind of stuff. Yeah, like, seeing, like, who does how many records that I like. Yeah. Dude, honestly, one of my favorite mixers doesn't even mix full-time anymore, and it's sad, but it's Adam D. from Killswitch. Dude, some- Adam D. is a god. He makes some dank ass mixes. His mixes are legit, just dank AF. Real quick, who are your guys' favorite mixers? Obviously, we just heard yours, but now I'm curious about you, Albie. Oh, wait. That was Zach's favorite mixer. Jared's not even in the call anymore. Did I say Jared? Yeah. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Oh, whoa. Marilyn Manson's dad just died. Oh, um, dude, that's really sad. Um, damn, so much yes. news, dude. But uh, Albie, who's your favorite mixer? All right, I'm thinking. Are we going all time or are we going right now? Because all going- time is. Um, let's. We're gonna do like past five, ten years. Mm. We're, gonna the, we're gonna cut out the good '70s mixers. <laughs> I want to say Andrew Wade, just because A Day to Remember is my favorite band ever, and he worked on their stuff all the way up until, like, Bad Vibrations and a few Common Courtesy songs. Interesting. But, like, I don't know. It's it's hard to pick a favorite producer for me just because, or even Mixer, just because so many bands go to so many people and like I could love an album but that's the only mix I'll hear from that person who mixed it very true facts what about about you you? what's yours Isaiah man that's a that's a hard one and I understand that because like now now that I'm thinking of it it's like ah um well then like you start thinking about all the genres too because I like immediately I was like John Feldman but I only like his pop punk stuff that he does with Blink I don't like his metal mixes or his metal production yeah I'm at a a more broad like at a more broad um view like it's every genre for me that I'm looking at and I mean when it all comes down to it it's it's gotta be like between Andrew Wade um Andrew Wade and Feldman Nope. Yeah, dude. So, so it's it's two for Andrew and Feldman. What about you, Zach? Uh, hmm, man. Andrew's definitely one of them. You got to understand, my favorite three bands right now are A Day to Remember, Wage War, and Neck Deep. He I, I know you love Wage stuff. War. Everyone on the planet yeah. knows you love Wage War. <laughs> I fucking love Wage War. So obviously, Andrew Wade is uh, amazing to me. That, I like Dan Cornett, too. The first album that really like turned my eyes. Yeah. I heard that original mix, like, for the first Wage War mix. I was like, whoa. Yeah, dude, Blueprint is crazy. Uh, but I would say Dan Corniff is good, too. I mean, he did the Corniff. New Color Morale. Yeah, yeah uh, he did 
He's done a lot of stuff. I think he did the new the Devil Wars Prada mix, which I liked. I mean, he's got a good way of making it sound more natural, but still kick ass. I, I think Corniff did the Like Moss to Flames. Jerry just joined. Yo. Yo. <clears throat> Would it be? This is going to be the <laughs> legit... I thought the last episode was gonna be the hardest I would ever have to edit, but this one's gonna be the hardest I ever have to edit. Oh god, yeah. I also like uh, Drew Falk though too. Drew Falk is doing some good shit. I I don't now. Okay, now we're gonna talk about songwriters. You guys have any particular songwriters? Drew Falk, hands down, Drew Falk. Falk and Max Martin, man. Um, I like. Let me Pop think. Up. Yeah, dude, I like pop punk too, dude. Mm, no, let me think. General, like just any pop. Oh, pop. Oh, Actually, pop. Yeah, Sorry, my bad. Like I take a lot of inspiration chorus wise, like chorus wise, all the way from pop music because like it just it's it's big. And I think that's yeah. like I I don't like necessarily listen to pop music like all the time, but like when it's on, like you just you can hear a hit song instantly, mm. and like. Martin has put out multiple <laughs> Oh, I forgot about Eric Ron. Eric Ron is kill cast too. And he does songwriting crits as well. He does some songwriting stuff. Um, but so, I mean, Eric Ron had, did the new picturesque. He did Attila. He did Too Close to Touch. Um, he did um, shit. He's done so much. I the Mighty. He just does a lot of like he just does a lot of pans, and I love Eric Ron as well. Hands Like Houses. I, fuck, I mean, Hands Like Houses is my second favorite band, so. Yeah, dude. I need to get in now on the mix, dude, straight up. You're not in the It's definitely I, so worth it. Dude, I am not. I am not. And I don't ever, like, and I just need to completely get wrecked by somebody and be like, your fucking mix sucks. And that, then I'll. Use a bitch. It's my first month on Nelda Mix. I learned more. Than I have over two years of mixing metal. Damn, dude, I need to get but in that thing, shit. It was like the projects I was originally working with were maybe twenty to thirty tracks, and like it instantly, I was hit with the Chelsea Grand Month, which had like seventy tracks, and I was like, I don't know what to do. So I instantly had to work smarter, and like it was one of, and I took I took every single day at least four to five hours on that mix. It came out pretty decent, but then I realized that I'm wasting my time doing that. And now, you know, this month, I've got my mix pretty much finalized, and it's, it took me three hours. Okay, so, um, do y'all, do y'all actually mix the live drums, or do y'all usually just replace? Um, for, for, Richardson's month, I used completely live drums. I try to use live drums when I can. I always use the room mics. I always use the overheads if they have them, because yeah. I overheads. But, you know. Many overheads are just kind of like, they're just weird for me because, like, I can't get them to sound right half the time. And I always, if there's real drums, like, even, like, bands that I rec- I work with, like, even if they're not, like, if they plan on not using the, the actual kit mics and I don't plan on using them because they don't have a, an amazing kit, you know, I still, when they go to record, if they have the opportunity, I ask them to at least get room mics for every song and overheads. Yeah. Because, I hate you, like, dude. 
a room mic is something that like obviously you can fake it, but you just you can never be a good room mic. So real quick, Jerry Jerry Johns joined back in, and he looks like a thug bee right now. How are you doing, dude? Are you eating watermelon? Are you are you? <laughs> dude, I thought you were eating a hot dog. Albie, I didn't know you were still right. When did, you, uh, when did you start thugging watermelon? I'm thugging. <laughs> right up thugging, bitch. Mm. Ah, oh. <laughs> he got stuck. <sighs> Slurp. Alrighty, guys. So, all of you guys right now on this episode are legit talented musicians like you guys are great songwriters great at mixing great at production tell me what what do you do like how did you get to this spot each one of you um scott's bass lessons on youtube just kidding i, I always watch the videos but i never like learned the scales because i was too lazy um i just kind of messed around with the fretboard and i i still suck so i wouldn't take advice from me yeah, same with Isaiah. I read so. Yeah, don't take uh, don't take any advice from Isaiah. He's trash. He he's only sixteen. <laughs> he hasn't even lived yet. Oh sucker! Just kidding, Isaiah. You know I love you. I know you do, man. But not in a creepy Austin Jones kind of way. Number I two hope. Austin Jones joke in this episode. Yeah, yeah. There's one earlier. It was a good one. <laughs> so, uh, for me, I played guitar for three hours a day since seventh grade, and I still pretty much do. So, I fucking, I'm such a repetitive asshole. Uh, I think, I just, because, like, from, you know what's crazy? Because from the end of July till the end of August, I didn't touch a bass once. Wow. Because I, I was so worn out with music, and I just wanted to mix. And I um, what happened is when I was playing the Meet the Gate, the last Meet the Gate show we did, which was in July um, of last year. It's been a very long time since then. Um, the last time I played, I ripped open my finger, and it just it absolutely killed me. Like, I just straight up tore the skin off my pink, uh, off my forefinger. Uh, ah. Oh. God, and it, it uh, was just kind of lost all motivation to play for a while. Yeah, yeah I mean, man. if I ripped the skin off my finger, I think I wouldn't want to play for a little bit. So, while Jerry is eating watermelon, uh, watermelon, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a true bomb that me and him is working on no. a little something. A little some some. <laughs> since we're since we're dropping truth bombs here, I'm working on a little something something with one of my good friends from Albuquerque right now too. Oh, something something. Little some some. baby. I'm working with the. Hold on. You cut out the whole. I need to go. <laughs> like, I didn't understand. You cut out the entire thing. I'm gonna. Uh, I, it, uh, uh. <laughs> we'll never know. Hold <laughs> up. The guy's always working on. 
Jerry's working on the upset eight smug in <laughs> Bumble rap time. Just autism. <laughs> oh. Guys, Jerry just on the stairs. No, no, no. Alright. So basically <clears throat> like I was saying, I am woo. Okay, woo. Alright, woo. Okay. <laughs> with Albie, I'm working with too. I'm doing a little feature. Ooh. Ooh. Bro. Are you straight up? I'm not working at all right now. Oh. I'm not working. Dude, that's the biggest feed bomb. I got a big project coming at the end of this month. It's gonna be exciting. Super brutal. Deathcore, death metal, you know, grind stuff. Which I don't ever mix, so it's gonna be uh, a little bit. Okay. I don't have a mixing job right now. I have a editing job right now, which is gonna take some time. I have, I think, well, I have two open mixing jobs right now that I'm still working on, but just I, uh, I'm being kind of particular. Bro, I I, has, I keep aggravating one guy about letting me mix his band, and he just is straight up against it. And his, obviously, the band's mix is just not very good. And I'm just like, like it, like what? And I'm, and I'm saying that as nicely as I possibly can. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just a, a guy that's in a band that's in a semi-famous band did it, and he honestly thinks that I guess that that's more important. And I'm just like, yeah, but it sounds like ass. No offense. Yeah, my, my friend just worked with uh, Spencer of Ice Nine Kills. Their song sounded so sick, and it was written so well. Dude, Spencer is a fucking god among men. Or no, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Spencer. It was JD, maybe. The guitar player. Yeah. Are you talking yeah. about guitar player? Oh my yeah. god, what the fuck is his name? I think the dude that writes all the music. Music. Yeah. The music. He writes all the music. So guys, is anyone Muick's here releasing like new music or music soon? I've released new music today, so so he's nuts. Honestly, guys, you need to go check out the Will to Grow latest song. Seriously, huge game or changer no. for them. Him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I say them because I'm so used to. No, you have to go listen. Like this is a requirement to continue to listen to any other episode. You have to go listen to that song. Even if you guys don't listen, it's uh it's gonna get 100k views because I'm uh, I'm listening to it all day at work tomorrow, so. I'll buy bots. Oh baby. I'm about to throw on a a a view bot overnight and we're gonna see where it gets to tomorrow. Oh god. And then and then no. you're gonna get your channel taken down because you had a view bot, but it's okay. Yeah. It wasn't you. And I'm yep. and I didn't make this all I'm gonna be like, no, I didn't use a view bot, he used it. He wanted view. Didn't oh. I set my friends on fire, like get accused of using a view bot on MySpace? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think they did, dude. I, I f completely forgot about that. I remember there was some scandal with them and completely forgot. I think it was either like Hardcore Two Step or their cover of Soldier Boy. I think it was Soldier Boy. There was a um, there was a band recently who got kicked off of Spotify. They're like banned from Spotify because they use the website that automatically generates views on your Spotify songs. <laughs> they got they got banned from Spotify for life. Dude, just if nobody listens to your song, obviously it didn't do good. Like I don't know. 
you write good music, it'll get views if you know how to sell it. Yeah, bro. I just don't know how to sell like, it. And I also don't know how to write what music. I was <laughs> no, I was <laughs> selling. Uh, oh, my God. He was talking, and I feel bad because I interrupted. No regrets. No regrets. That's what I said last time on the podcast was that with instrumental music, I totally forgot that the main focus of instrumental music is to watch somebody fucking play it. And so when I did my um, playthrough video of my song, that did like 50 times better than anything else I ever released. And I was like, oh, well, that's why. Dude, I love watching playthrough videos, to be honest. I think there's some of the coolest things. Like, I've seen the reincarnate playthrough video with Ricky Horror, like, at least a hundred times. I hate the playthrough videos though that give me nausea. The ones that do the, all the shaking and shit. That's yeah, like, like all like, over the place. Yeah, I just want to see the their fingers on the fret so I can learn how to play the song. I don't want to have motion Michael Bay camera effect. Kingdom of Giants had a drum playthrough like that, and I was like, God, I'm gonna get sick. <laughs> the next uh, playthrough I do with Mike, that bassist, I'm gonna add like explosions in the back. Dude, yes. Do it in front of a green screen and just change the fucking backdrop every five seconds. <laughs> Real quick, we were talking about Zach doing his streaming, his YouTube videos. He's not the only one on this call right now who's doing YouTube videos. Isaiah, tell us what you're doing on YouTube real quick, buddy. Nothing. Um, <laughs> currently, I'm doing um, a lot of bass playthroughs with... Um, a really great bassist of mine, uh, a really great bass friend of mine. And um, then we're doing demo videos for products in the audio world. And then we're going to be doing mixing tutorials. And soon I'm working on a, um, a project where I'm going to be mixing a song from start to finish on a uh, <coughs> recording. Dude, that's sick. Uh, I was first subscriber, just so anybody knows. Um, this is, I'm his number one fan. Number one out of two. Yeah, dude. Hey, I subscribe. Wait, am I the am I the second subscriber? You were the second. Boy, but, uh, second doesn't mean uh, you're still in the top three. It's one or done. I should probably go subscribe to him now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just did it. Jerry, you'll be number three. <laughs> I'm number eight. That's fine. Boys, go oh, subscribe shit. to my YouTube channel. Number number eight subscriber, still number one in my heart. Oh, that bromance is real, guys. A BB. Oh, baby. Jerry Give me a little uh, smoke. Through Casey, and I don't talk to Casey anymore. Um, uh, me and Casey used to, be, we used to talk all the time. Bro, I miss Casey. I haven't talked to now, All she does is like post screenshots of uh, Andromeda songs and says gains on them. So, no yeah. hating her though, because she's promoting really Bro, well. She gets so much hate and it's so fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, you have a girl that's successful in music, like production wise, and instantly she, uh, she yeah. apparently sends nudes to the bands to get, get a mixing job, apparently. So, again, people are just butthurt. Hey, I'd be butthurt, too. That's why I was talking about the Sumerian thing earlier. Because people get so butthurt. Dude, the guy's really good, though. Yeah. Who? The dude who won the Sumerian contest? He is good. Um, 
forgot what his name was, but I was just listening to his audition again. It's pretty good. Devin? Yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying. Like, quote, uh, quote, unquote, he broke the rules. What the fuck ever. It's still Sumerian's decision. It's their, it's literally, it's their call at the end of the day. On the final record, it will be tuned. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Isn't Did that what we were talking about, too, Zach? Like, it, it's going to yeah. be tuned no matter what. And it was a fucking stupid rule anyway. Like, who cares? It's going to be tuned in the real recording. Minus, give them the best opportunity they have to see what your voice would sound like mixed ready. You see what I'm saying? Don't give them some garbage can recording and make it sound like you're all shit. Cool shit because it doesn't sound quote unquote that bad. I thought my my audition was so good. I recorded it on my iPhone. Map, oh my god. My, my. It was beautiful. <laughs> I, I mean, right? I kind of get it, though. Because, like, a lot of people will take the Melodyne thing out of hand and just, like, they can be the shittiest singer, but they can probably tune really well. Yeah. Yeah. And I also so told Albie earlier was that also part of it was they had to write their own lyrics. Mm. So it's, like, the songwriting part of it, too. Like, a bunch of these guys, like Brian Storms, like... What the fuck did he write? No offense Dude, I don't to even him. know what he was singing about, to be honest. Exactly. It, it had nothing to do with the song, like, the way it sounded. It sounded like a butt rock song, like, lyrics, and then a progressive metal behind it. And I was like, it doesn't fit. You gotta have stuff that fits. And to me, Devin's fit the best. I agree. But there was one other dude who didn't, like, do anything fancy. He was straight up using the mic. Andy Sizzak. No, no, no. Andy Sizzak was good, too. But there yeah. is another. I got to find that, dude. He, I'll send you. I'll, after this thing is over, I'll show you. The dude is so good. Like, no processing, no nothing. Straight up. His voice was already, like, mixed ready. Mm-hmm. Wow. He hit every note. <laughs> I was thinking about this. Anytime, like, something dramatic happens in my life, I'm going to turn into an anime character and just, like, do that surprise thing that they always do. Just, uh, 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 <laughs> Jesus. You're a little too good at that, homie. <laughs> you watch too much hentai. I, I've seen enough hentai to know where this is going to lead. Senpai. <laughs> Senpai. <laughs> I'm Dude, you're gonna have to edit so much shit in this. <laughs> He's just gonna cut off the last fucking hour of this podcast. <laughs> just cut. Oh man. Oh, this has been great. To be honest, I needed this. It's, Today yeah. has not been fun. Today has yeah. been kind of a shitty day for me too. Except for like releasing a new song. That was dope. So yeah. That's been... I went to New Jersey to hang out with Brandon, but I hate New Jersey with a passion. I'm going to hate my I, life in the morning. Dude, even again, I asked him if he wanted to hop on this. He's like, nah, dude, I'm, I'm busy. I'm with the boys cracking a cold one. They're drinking. I'm like, you just turned 21 yesterday. Who the fuck? Come dude, he barely... I, I thought he was older than me. Why am I, why am I the oldest? Zach, how old are you? 21. When's your birthday? October 20th. Okay, so finally someone beat me in this in our like little group of friends here. When's your birthday? I'm older than all. February 28th. 1996? Yep. Uh, I am oldest. Oh, boy. Zenny? Come here, Grandpappy. 
So me, okay. So here's a crazy story. So I think this is a story that needs to be told. So my <laughs> best friend, okay, my best friend, his name is Luke. Okay. Why are you cheating on his? Okay, sorry. He just is. All right. But my <laughs> parents, parents went to school together, and my dad and his dad literally lived in the same neighborhood, and they grew up together. Okay. We did not know, and we moved, okay? We moved from Alabama to Mississippi, where they grew up. And they did, too, and we didn't know. And we went to the <laughs> same elementary school, okay? Same elementary school. And, again, we didn't know that our parents knew each other. And we become best friends. And then when we our parents met for the first time, they were like, holy shit, what is going on? We didn't realize that it was your kid. And I'm legitimately one week older than him. Dude, that is really creepy. It like is not creepy. creepy, like as in like Michael Myers, but like yeah, <laughs> creepy as in like why does fate do this? Yeah, but he really. I mean, it's it is weird, but I mean, he's literally been my best friend since like kindergarten, and like it sucks because like all of my siblings, like I'm not gonna say they don't have friends, but they've never had like a really really good friendship. <laughs> it sucks, and for me, like I've had like a best friend since I was five years old, so I feel bad for them. Yo, I'll be up at four for work, so uh, I got three hours to sleep, so I'm going to use them wisely. Oh, dude, R.I.P. You a real homie, though. All right, later, Isaiah. Get on the Thank you for hopping on to this episode and invading our our one-on-one time with making it a four-way. Hey, yo. See you, guys. Later, buddy. See you, dude. Uh, me and Mr. Gates will be releasing a new single next week, huh? <laughs> oh, shit. He just left us with that shit when he got off. That's sick. What did he say? I, didn't, I couldn't he hear said him. Listening. He said they're releasing their single next week. Oh, my God. I'm excited. I really am. Ready to you hear You heard it here first. Locals only brought podcast exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> you mean I think it's released a single next week with Joey Sturgis. It's going to be dank ass. Fuck. Dude, Maybe I feel like I could be a WWE commentator because I get so excited about things. I could be like the next JR. Yes. Dude, sh- dude, I don't follow wrestling as much as I used to, but that man still holds a special place in my heart. Dude, he's still commentating. He's commentating yeah, for uh, New World or New Japan Wrestling. Yeah. Um, didn't his, didn't his uh, wife just pass away? That's really sad. I, I don't Why keep up with his match? family. I just keep up like... Hey, are you commenting? Because that's a real slobber knocker. Oh. <laughs> All right, so Floyd versus Mayweather. Who wins and why? Mayweather, be just because I know the name and I don't follow fighting that way. Unless it's, I don't Same. follow fighting unless it's fake and there's ladders and chairs and divas. Okay, so the, if Jesse was in the skull, he would say probably Mayweather, and I'm gonna have to agree with him because I don't know shit about fighting either. Jesse Fisher. Shout out because he's trying to get me into UFC. I don't know who to. I don't know what the Wait, fuck's like, going on. Wait, like as in like watching UFC or like he's trying to no, train watching. you to be a UFC fighter? No. So there's a there's an ice cream place here, and yeah. my mom has like really bad sugar problems, so her sugar would like drop, and it's like really bad, like forty level. Like if she doesn't get sugar, she could possibly die. Like it's oh really God. bad. Yeah. So. It kind of happened to her today. It wasn't really serious, but it was just like my sugar just dropped, and she gets shakes and like cold sweats and shit. It's crazy. 
Dude, that's so what the, I, this, my mom and myself have that same problem. Like, if our sugars drop, like, we get shaky. We can't pick anything up without dropping it until we get yeah. like, sugar in us. Yeah, so mom, like, stopped at, like, this place and was like, go in and get me something. And I was like, okay. And I walked in, and it was like an ice cream shop. And I've always wanted to go in there. And I was like, okay. I got, I got us both, like, a waffle cone and whatnot. Dude, that was the best fucking ice cream I've ever had in my life. What is it called? It was, what is it? Marble Slab Creamery. It is the greatest place on earth. Hmm. Oh, that's, I meant to bring this up earlier. So you do you remember on the first episode, we talked about sunflower seeds? Yeah. And you said there was a company that was in uh, New Mexico. What would you say it was called? Spit. Yeah, they have them here. They have them Eat in Corpus them. Christi. Eat them. I, I have. I have. And they're fucking phenomenal. They are so good. I know they are. I'm not yeah, wrong. Dude. I am all-knowing. I am omniscient. Yeah, because they have, like, the regular, and then they had those. I was like, those are the ones I think he said, so I tried them. I was like, these have to be up because they're fucking great. Dude, the one thing I like about them is they don't have, like, they're not super salty, and you don't get the flavoring on your fingers. Yeah. And even when you crack them open, like, there's more flavoring inside. Yes, exactly. That was the thing. I was like, it's like juice. I was like, I've never had a juicy sunflower seed, but I just did, and it's great. They are delicious. Mmm, boy. What you working on over there, honey? Myself. I gotta fix myself up. I got broke down, and I just had to, I had to fix it like a pickup truck. I just had to fix myself. Southern people problems. Since we have Jerry on here, too, you are releasing a new, well, not you, but your band is releasing a new song next Friday in one week from today. No, we're not. No, we're not. Why? Because we're trash. We don't exist. But, yeah, no, we're, we're releasing a re-release of our first song. And Dude, it's so good. Yo, thanks, homie. It's, I haven't heard the re I haven't heard the redone version, but I, I remember the original, and I love it. Some... I'll send it to you because I really oh, don't care dude. what <laughs> I should have sent y'all my song. Uh, okay, can I just drop a truth bomb on y'all about the new song? Yeah, it was yeah. done last night. I literally finished it last night. Dude, it was... So that, that, no, was... that I didn't know. I didn't know that. You told me that yeah. when we were talking last so, night. Yeah, so because the song I was going to release today was not the song I released. Because the song I was gonna release today, I legitimately threw it away because because of the new song I wrote. I was like, "This is gonna replace what that song was gonna do on that album," and so I'll just release this one because it's the one I like the most, essentially. But then again, I'm finishing up this last song, and I really like it. And then the EP will be done. Did you yeah. mix your own EP? Yep. Good for you. I'm I'm I, I like it, but I don't like it because it's what sucks is. Um, for the most part, I mean, I have y'all, which I'm very grateful for, but I don't have anybody I can just show, boom, hit the play button. What, does this sound good, you know, around me? Dude, that's why you need to get, get, that's why you need to get part of Nell the Mix. That way you, you have access to the, uh, Roctagon, which is a mix critting forum. Yeah, mm -hmm. dude, I do need to get on that. Need to get on that NTM. Shout out Joey Sturgis, E.L. Levy, Joe Wanasak. Literally for this is the 11th episode every episode we've mentioned nail the mix please sponsor me 
<laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I need that sponsorship now. Hey, if you were a Twitch streamer, you might get that a little bit sooner. <laughs> That's true. We did talk about how easy it is to be a streamer with uh, sponsorships. True. It is. And that's not even one of the reasons I started doing it, because honestly, if I had the equipment, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be that hard. No offense. Honestly, dude, I love watching your live stream with your games. Like, I don't know what it is, but you make it entertaining and engaging and just overall fun. Oh, Jerry. Oh, Jerry. Oh, baby. I love you. I'll have to watch it when the episode's over. I literally will click on it. Your face is up on my screen, and I'll just click on it and fit, <laughs> click the link when it's over. Wait, what are we I talking s- about? I'm so lost. You sent me that link, homie. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, did I do something like with the Twitch? I, was like, I don't think I've ever been on Twitch in my life. No, That's Twitch is... Mixer is where it's at, honestly. If you get into streaming, check out it's Microsoft's uh, uh, thing against Mixer. I mean, I guess fucking Mixer against Twitch. Yeah. Well, what it, what's cool about it is it's a lot more interactive. So like, you're able to put up polls on your streams. You're able to like, the fans are like able to like mess with the stream and stuff. Like if they pay like like the microcurrency or whatnot, it's really cool. Um, it's gonna. It's at some point. It's gonna blow up, and it's gonna be bigger than Twitch because they're just stayed the same. Past. I updated my Xbox the other day, and then all of a sudden, I was like, "You have the Mixer app now." I was like, "Oh, this yeah. is cool." This used to be what Beam was. Beam oh. used to be that. So, which I found out that my favorite video game is backwards compatible on Xbox One now. So you you might not hear from me ever again. Which one? <laughs> Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion. Oblivion is my favorite fucking game of all time. That's a really good game. Like, uh, even dude. like. No, okay, you, you finish yours and then I'll say mine. Okay, so of course I'm a huge Bethesda fan, so I like Fallout, Elder Scrolls, but Oblivion was the very first RPG I ever played, and I still didn't do everything in that game. And I've been playing it since 2007. So wow. it's tw- 10 years, and I still haven't completely done every single quest on one character. So wow. there's it's like a whole new experience every time you play it. So it's like, okay, yeah, so I'm still going to play this. So I'm so happy. Just that face that you made now at the end, like the head tilt, the little cute smile. I- I'm excited, bro. <laughs> I'm so excited. I mean, it was so – it was like my sister started playing that when she was like seven years old, and she still plays it. She's like, this is my favorite video game. Like, she's just playing it earlier, and I was so jealous. But I was working on, like, I was, like, on Facebook and YouTube all day doing stuff about my music. Just so promoting I really the new single. Yeah. I'm going to do some major promoting tomorrow. I promoted some today, and it didn't really do much for me. I don't know. I think Maybe I only was- shared your link once, so I definitely have to get on all my platforms to start but uh, post. Yeah, I, I need to do now. it in a lot of the groups and stuff. And uh, maybe I get some more interaction and stuff. I'm a, the best way, honestly, that I found is to create an incentive for people to watch it. Basically, like if you watch it and it gets to ten thousand or a thousand views, I'll make. You a were telling me video. this with the inertia on your first episode, like how you yeah, did it. Yeah. Five thousand views, I'll do a playthrough video. Ten thousand, I'll release a new song. Yeah, so it's like create incentives. So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a thousand though on this one, just because. I the, my last song I posted it on Facebook, 
and the compression killed it so bad that it pissed me off. So now I'm just like, you know what? It's only going to be on YouTube. I'm not going to even upload it to Facebook this time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ali, have you ever talked about promotion on this? Like how to promote and like, et cetera, et cetera. I think that'd be pretty interesting to talk about. I ha- yeah, I I've asked some people like early earlier on on the episodes like how they promote it, and it was always the same repetitive stale answer of oh you know just post my link everywhere, and so I was like mm-hmm. okay you guys aren't doing it right. I'm not gonna ask this right. again until you know someone whose band has been really good at it like uh, Ashes or something like that. Yeah. I think Brandon would be really good to talk to about that. Yeah. Yeah, and and a lot of people will just say like just pay the money on Facebook and you'll get more reach. But honestly, it's more than that. You have to create a sense that whatever it is you want them to do is worth doing. So it's like this song is worth listening to because etc. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like you you're going to gonna create, get a little present if you listen to this. Yeah, yeah, like and it's not just the same old, like, oh, look, we're a hardcore band, so if you like hardcore music, you'll like us. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. a bit. Making sure, like, people understand that you fall in a specific genre or a specific niche of people. But also, at the same time, the thing you need to really focus on is making sure that there is some reward. You will gain something out of the click you, you know, the song you click on. And then even on top of the... Someone dead ass made a cover of Owl City Fireflies in the metal style. What? what? Dude, link Who me. Did? Link me. Silence and solitude. Who? What? Post it, post it in our chat. I got you. Yo. Who did it? Silence and solitude? Um. Dude, again, see, like people piss on I Prevail for what they did, but they're just, they understand music and stuff now. So, anyway, what I was going to say though, after that, I mean, not even just the incentive, incentive. um, Another good thing that I've personally found out is have a lot of good friends. Um, I mean, by what I mean with that is, have enough good friends where they care about what you're doing and they want to support you so they share their your stuff on all of their platforms too like i mean yeah. i include it on the little like guest guide now saying hey this is where i'm sharing it i'm going to share it on the podcast website the podcast facebook my studio facebook my facebook uh chango andrew abandoned promotional page my twitter um now soundcloud that we're up on there um and soon to be on youtube too so and then i even tell them like hey you guys post it everywhere and you'll get more followers that way too right yeah and it does help uh to make sure you have friends stuff that'll share your links around and sometimes i've had problems with that in the past like especially like i said when i lived in mississippi it was like good luck getting anybody in Mississippi to share their thing because like up until recently Mississippi's scene was very much competitive 
it was we have to be the best band. And now everyone kind of understands we're just all good and we can all just play together and everything's cool. Right. I mean, I, I have to kind of disagree with you on that around here. It's just a huge competition and like it's a popularity contest. That's what sucks. Like if people know your band, they're going to try to be your friends more. But yeah. like, for me personally, like if I vibe with you, like I'll be like, I'll be your homie. That's why I hung out with like Brandon. I, I hang out with Brandon a lot because like they're humble. Bitch, be humble. Hold up, bitch. Sit down. Hold up, be humble. Bitch. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah, be they humble. really are. Ooh, Dude, okay. For like right after you say humble, I'm going to put in like a verse from the Kendrick Lamar song and then just yes. bring us back in. I would just, <laughs> I would be so mad if you didn't, honestly. Well, I will. Boy. <laughs> Wait, we've only been doing this for three hours. Holy shit. Really? Like, Two hours do, and 55 minutes. Yep. And 30 seconds. I, 31 seconds. What That's I crazy. do for promotion, though, is I just message people and just try to connect because it kind of works a little better, too. It's going to take a long time, no doubt, but like, you get yeah. response that. There's a thing with that, though. So I get messages from bands, and it's the most generic copy and paste thing ever hey thank you for liking uh or thank you for adding me as a friend will you go like my band page here is a link to our latest single on youtube and you know they're exactly, copy and pasting that everywhere and when i was in kairos and pretty much with anything if i friend someone i'll message them personally and i'll i say hey nice to meet you i'm albert and then start a conversation like um, hey, I see you're in the same genre of music that I like a lot. Um, maybe I'm like, maybe you'll enjoy my podcast where I'm helping, you know, talking to producers, bands, musicians to help them out. And so, like, I think you have to be really personable. You can't do that copy paste junk. Exactly. Yeah, copy paste is like, I won't even do that when it's group to group. Like, when I share myself in different groups, if I, I won't copy paste. And a bunch of people do that. And sometimes that works for them. But for me, it's like understanding and engaging that specific audience. So like when I posted metal, I think it's metal United. I'll say metal heads when yeah. I'm talking. Um, yeah. When I'm talking to the gent um, forum, I'll put like gentlemen, you know, the little <laughs> mommy, uh, or, you know, something else. Or, you know, I usually like to tell to that specific person, you know what I'm saying? And then Thank tell you, them, man. you know, that you might, if you like this band, you might like mine. And then I always put, I appreciate any feedback. So that way yeah. they know if they tell me they don't like the song. Like I had a guy tell me um, that he didn't like the song too much because of some something. I can't remember what it was. But honestly, I was like, I need that kind of criticism. That's fine. That's the only way At you're going to, that's how you're going to grow. <laughs> <laughs> and I have the will to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I made that joke earlier, but yours was much better. Dude, there's just so much pun. <laughs> like, it's just so punny in this episode today, and I love it. I know, it just gets worse. <laughs> I wish I could zoom into my face during this. That would have just <laughs> yeah, made this. Like, dude, he used to do that shit all the time. He's still, yeah, boy! 
Dude, he's really good at that. Jerry, seriously, if you want to see somebody that understands when the perfect opportunity is to um, go like his band or whatnot, and he'll post it in Chango or any other form, it's Jerry. Yo, bro, quick story. This girl that went to my high school was like, oh, my aunt just died. I'm so sad. Guess who had to promote his band? Oh, dude. No, did it work? <laughs> I got one like yes. I got Fuck one yes, like, I got a message that was like you're such a fucking asshole. I was like, <laughs> damn. But straight. did you like okay. it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I understand what I did was wrong, but did you like the band? Like, did you like my songs? <laughs> yeah. My mom likes Treehouse. My mom has Treehouse on her iPod and listens to it all the time. And she doesn't really like heavy stuff. She even likes New Demons. That's wow. Yeah, my mom is freaking awesome. See, my dad Dude. listens to like all this metalcore stuff with me and whatnot. The one band my mom does like, though, is Enter Shikari, and that makes my heart happy. What? That is Ow. such a weird band to like. Dude, no, it's not. Enter Shikari is amazing. Oh, uh, they're they're really really good, but that's what I'm saying. Like, who knows, dude? Maybe she maybe she likes the political side of them. Who knows? She might. I don't know. I mean, they're kind of cool, though. I mean, I dig them. I dig that they have their own unique style and do their own thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So, I mean, that's like one of my favorite musicians is Johnny Frank, who does Bill Murray. Yes. And, yeah, yes. dude, I fucking love Johnny Everyone Frank. Everyone on this planet knows who Johnny Frank is. Yeah, but the sad part is, it's just all oh, his mixes sound the same. Why, Johnny? Why do you use the same drum kit you've been using since 2013? Why, Johnny? <laughs> Who hurt you this way? All of Jared Alonji's stuff sounds like the wise man's fear, sounds like villain of the story, sounds like uh, fucking Boys of Fall, sounds like Seraphim, sounds like all of his stuff sounds the same, and it's upsetting. You just made Zach so mad. Yeah, Johnny Wait, who Frank at me. You! Oh, oh, I, 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 I kind of zoned out because I was like, oh, God, he's going no. on a tangent. He's triggered. Yeah, dude, no, I wasn't mad at you. I was just triggered. <laughs> <laughs> because I love Johnny, and he just he just needs to use a different drum kit. That's all I'm telling you. Just use a different one for once. Dude, come on. You're tight with Joey Sturgis, Johnny. Get some drum forge going on. <laughs> Which, I mean, also, he knows what's comfortable with him, yeah. too. So, I mean, can you really fault him? And from what I understand, he's actually really cheap to go track with and mix and stuff. He's not very expensive. You know, I think he does, I think, 300 a song. Wow, that's Ooh. not bad at all, to be honest. I th that's what I had heard from somebody. But this was also, I think, 2015. So that might have changed. I have to give him props to like imagine mixing that beating a dead horse album like you every song had to have its own guitar tone so I mean you couldn't even really like yeah. how most albums like how you could listen like mix two songs and then bam you have your template for the other eight songs for him he I doubt he was able to make a template for it because each song was different True. yeah probably you're probably right have you heard the uh, Canadian softball I didn't uh, listen to the teaser it, it's so this the teaser tracks are so short it's almost hard to tell but the one with hotel books in it, it's gonna be freaking great 
as long dude honestly i would be happy if i just got like the jaden smith talking song for 30 minutes straight oh my god <laughs> dude that would be so good yes like i i could honestly i would i would be perfectly fine with that with like that nice ambient guitar in the background and jared just reading tweets from <laughs> jaden some of the songs are a little bit heavier though like straight up like almost metalcore like he's doing he did a emo medley he did one for that he oh did God, um, it's gonna be like taking some... back sunday and brand new <laughs> yeah he did a cover of some sunny day real estate song uh you know, and then he made a bunch of just random songs. So I think it's cool. I mean, I've I been mean, a lot of people were like pissed when he had to put it off. I was like, the motherfucker had asthma. I give him a break. <laughs> Honestly. Dude, like, okay. You don't want to know what album I want from him? Swag Chode. I need a Swag Chode I'm split bored. with like uh, Franzak. Do an actual split with Franzak. Please, Dude. God. Okay, do you, uh, do you guys know that band Broken Side? Yes. So they're from my that. hometown, Albuquerque. And so that's why Swag Chode is from here because Albuquerque got known for being uh crunk core because of Broken Side. Dude, what about Eskimo Callboy though? They're over in Germany though, boy. Yeah, I know, but I'm still saying they they're still bringing that shit. But yeah, they're completely different. Like they're, I would consider more metalcore than crunkcore because I mean, like crunkcore, what I consider is like broken side dot dot curve dropping a pop locket. Yeah. Don't ask me how I, mean, I know all right. these names. I went through a phase. Okay. <laughs> it's not a phase, mom. <laughs> it definitely was. Do you see these? They're they're out. <laughs> I never got gauges. Uh, I had a bunch of friends that did it, and I really wanted to, but my mom was like, no, you'll regret it. And honestly, I probably would have. Yep. I mean, that's why I took mine out. Trying to get my nose pierced. To the age. What kind, though? What kind? I'm not going to get a septum because I ain't no bitch. Oh. Yeah, seriously. Dude, Dude, just pierce the bridge of your nose. Like, get the bar right through the bridge of your nose. I mean, I kind of want to smell... <laughs> no. it's a little get bit. an eyebrow piercing like fucking oh, Aaron man. Lewis from Stained <laughs> I was thinking about getting my ears pierced again because I used to have them pierced but like it was I can like, picture you rocking like giant diamonds in your ears with your hood up bro I used to I, I, I bet like, you know, yeah, fucking straight up swag and then some guy called me gay I was like he's right <laughs> 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 oh god well that'll have to be edited out because no it does not no it does oh, not god, get, that is staying in that is gold dude oh. that is dude sad what i was doing all they heard was a noise <laughs> i think i think they could understand what you did if not yeah. message me and i will explain exactly what happened dang dude um Shit, dude. We have talked so much, I honestly don't know what to talk about now. Honestly, dude, We've this has been a three-hour podcast. But yeah, it's literally, it's been one of my, like, this has been one of my most favorite ones. We've had so many people, like, in and out of this one. We've talked about your streaming yeah. stuff. We've talked about your music stuff. One thing I want to ask with that, do you have, an um like, an approximate release date on the EP? Uh, so... 
in terms of my uh, EP release, I'm I want to have everything done and finalized by next Friday. Um, just music wise, I do want to do playthrough videos of all the songs, like every single song. Um, so which will probably be six six songs. Um, some of them are shorter. I think Colony is going to end up being the, one of the shorter ones, which was three minutes forty. I definitely have one that breaks into the five minute range. Um, so I have some lengthier ones, so that might suck a little bit. But uh, to be honest, uh, everything should be finalized by next Friday. If that is, then I will probably release it not long after that, maybe two or three weeks. I don't, I don't really want to set a long release date away because it's a lot like a video game. If you announce it too early and hype it too much, by the time it gets here, it's underwhelming. So you want it to be, especially when it comes to instrumental music, you want to do it short. Like, like for example, Polyphia's new EP is coming out like two weeks from today. Like they just announced it yesterday. So you want to give people a short amount of time. Um, not everybody can do like certain bands are doing like um, Paris did where their album's like coming out until next month, but they just announced it two months ago. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? So, yeah, I got you. And then one thing, I I don't know if you remember where I've heard it, but I've heard this multiple times, whereas I've, I don't remember what this theory or whatever it's called is. But if you set yourself a date to have something done by, like hard date too, you will get it done in that time period. Either if, say, you want to get it done tomorrow, and so you set the hard release date for it, you're gonna yeah. Yeah. you're gonna get it done by tomorrow. Compared to if That's you exactly. set it three months in advance and make it a hard date, you're still gonna get it done yeah. in those three months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that's basically what happened to me yesterday um, with the song. So I was all primed to release that other song today. And then when I sat down and literally had the idea for the intro, at least, and then I kind of just wrote around it before I knew it, the song was finished. And I was like, shit, well, this is better than the other one. I was like, honestly, I couldn't see myself releasing that other one tomorrow. Now, when I know I had this, so I was like, I'll just, I'll just completely get rid of it. And literally I had to make a stream video this morning I had to uh, change a lot of shit that I had planned and I had to change it. Um, but it's, it was worth it because I really like this product more. And like I said, um, we'll definitely uh, have some updates soon. I do want to do – before I announce the EP, I do want to do a, a playthrough video of a Colony. But that's not going to happen until it gets to 1,000 views. So people need to start watching it. Checking it out, they can even if they don't like it, they can even tell me they don't like it. I don't, you know, just feedback just feedback. view it so we can get that playthrough video, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean that would be sick. Uh, I you know, I really like making those. That's honestly my most fun I have is when I make the playthrough videos. Just even the editing part, just because like I don't know, I have creative control over what camera angle I use and stuff. So I don't know, but either way, uh, so yeah, definitely. Um, I would say it'll probably be released either late July, probably early August, though, probably. Um, I would like to uh, see it released early August. And again, um, if I can somehow get over the fact that I'd be the only sole person on stage, I might even try to do some shows. But we'll see. It depends on how the reaction goes from the will to grow. It really needs to it really needs to be more than it is if I want to play shows. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. Alrighty, so before we wrap it up here, Jerry, do you have any plugs that you want to throw out or just any last words that you want to shout out to the listeners? 
it gets worse. Uh, it gets worse. And uh, it gets, it gets worse. worse. Yeah, it gets worse. My boy Jerry Don's band, it is really good. Like, honestly, um, I've gotten a lot into the kind of style of music that they do. The kind of like, the, I would, I don't really like to call it a genre. It's more of like an umbrella that they, that they, uh, oh, go. oh boy. Uh, but it's kind of like an umbrella they fall under. Um, basically, I call it Dreambound Core. Uh, Dreambound oh. is like, Dude, Dreambound is my favorite YouTube channel to find new music. And it's mostly like international bands, but there are some American bands on there and stuff too. Um, they're honestly, if they were to get on that, I think they would be very successful because they, they have such a good sound. Uh, I'll shout out Meet Me at the Gates too, since Isaiah was on the show. They are legitimately one of the um, cooler, um, like I guess you would call metalcore, post-hardcore bands. They definitely have a unique sound. Um, they don't. They don't sound like every other metalcore band. They have a. Dude, their their whole uh, band's unique. I mean, they don't even. Yeah. Like they're not even in the same states. Yeah, they make it work. They definitely they they travel. They make it work. Um, and I'll shout out R.I.P. Ashes of My Regrets, but now it's as his. I'm just kidding. It's Ashes. <laughs> it's uh, it used to be Ashes of My Regrets. They've got undoubtedly they've rebranded. They. I think they have a new sound. I haven't heard it. My boy Jerry here has, and he's looking at me like that. Oh, man, it's good. So, no, I, I trust his judgment. I know it's good, too. Um, and I'm really excited about the content they're going to put out. Um, besides that, the only other person I'm going to shout out is the local only uh, podcast. It is, it, is, it is really fun to be on this podcast. Um, I have checked out other episodes. They're really, they're really good. Honestly, my favorite episode is not mine. It's Jerry's and Joey's. That was my favorite oh, episode. Dude, that <laughs> one was so, so fun. Honestly, that was probably like one of my favorites until this one because, like, this one like it, it was set. We were having fun, just you and me, and then all of a sudden, I was like, you know what? Let's have everyone on here, and it just became like this party. Yeah. We should honestly, I have a seriously sick ass idea that basically everybody, we should, I know it's going to be really hard because it's really hard to have so many people and have creative minds working on one thing. We should all at least put out one song where all of us work on it, either doing mixing or playing instruments or doing vocals or something. Like, that would be really cool. I think it would be cool. And it can be any genre. I'm down for whatever. I'm actually oh, dude, let's do a bluegrass else. song. <laughs> because down, there's so dude. much that can go into a bluegrass song. We can totally do that. Like, I will play spoons. Yeah, Wait, I'll play. No, uh, uh, I choose. Uh, I guess I'll play the banjo. I'll be that guy or mandolin. Mandolin. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll even play the spoon. The spoons, or I'll get the jar and do the whistling effect in it. The. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Now, before again, before we wrap up, Jerry, what do you got to say to the viewers for your last words, buddy? Zachary, I love you. Um, oh, maybe. Bring back Kairos 2K17. Do no. Yo. The new project oh. that Drew that Drew and the O'Neill are working on is it's pretty good. It's lit. It's really good. Um, I love Drew. Drew is a handsome man. 
Uh, Albie, you are also a handsome man. Oh. Shout out to Aaron with the good ass eyebrows. Goddamn boy. Dude, his eyebrows. Uh, like, I want to know how much like time it takes him to do those. Son, so do I, cause they're really good. And like, I mean that in the manliest way possible. <laughs> I do. My boy got some eyebrows. Actually, shout out to Aaron because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have gotten the mic I got. So shout out to Aaron. Road NT one for life. Yeah, dude. Shout out to Aaron because otherwise, if it weren't for him, I wouldn't have met Alpi. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, literally, yeah, the majority of the people like on these first few episodes were because of him. Because like I, I messaged him was like, "Hey, who should I put on here?" And he sent me like a list of all your guys' names. Dude, he's awesome. Dude, he like, is awesome. With that, I've never spoken to him. Like after the podcast thing, that's when I started talking to him more, and like seeing him as more of a chill person. Yeah, I, I mean, he's say seen him more as a child. I was like, that's mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he uh, he sent me the link to the Darkness Divided show that's coming to Corpus. I mean, he's looking out for me, making sure yeah, I go dude. see the boys. That's it. I feel like I'm forgetting a shit ton of people. Joey, Joey Leafy, my yeah, <laughs> my fucking Australian other half, the the drugged one, I guess we'll call him. <laughs> Or should we call him the enlightened one? Because he has seen Dude. things none of us have seen. This is so true. Alrighty, so now now wrapping up, what song do you want us to play for for the listeners, Zach? Boy, you already know we're going to play that new new. We're going to play that new OG. We're going to play some Colony from the Will to Grow off the new untitled EP. Going to probably come out in about a month. So Can, can you name it after stay. me? Can it, can it just be called Albie? Yeah, we'll call it Albie. Albie EP. Um, but if you want to check me out, um, uh, slide them these DMs. Um, no, but seriously, if you wanna, uh, if you wanna check out the band or my project or whatnot, just go to the search bar on Facebook or just go to www.facebook.com/slash/thewildgrow. It'll take you right to the Facebook page. Um, I don't have a Twitter. Um, because, Boy, you because I slacking, um, but I am on YouTube, so you can look up the will to grow on YouTube. You do have to search a little bit down, but it's on the first page. Um, and for the streaming thing, if you want to check me out, video game streaming, I'm on Twitch. It's at legs like Jesus on Twitch on mixer. It's at legs like Jesus 68. And that's pretty much it. That's I've, I've got all my links memorized, man. I'm constantly having to, post them so i've got them memorized all righty guys so this has been such a fun episode and we will be playing the colony by the will to grow a brand new song and here we go